Another season is about to start, and that means that you guys are blessed with another season preview podcast. Joining me in uh, for this podcast day, we have Dierich. How are you doing, Dierich? I'm good, 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 good. And Jason Tarlo. Jason, how are you doing? I'm good, Jake. And for everybody in Sky, I thought I would never say these words, but hello, Dierich. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, yes. Uh, Trent is a little busy tonight, so instead of the normal Pennsylvanian third party, we have a different Pennsylvanian third party tonight. Still a Pennsylvania GM from the Atlantic. It's just the other one. It's the uh, one that tonight. matters, Jake. It's the one that has two rings. Yes. It's funny. Both Dierich, or excuse me, both Jason and Trent have both been to an SES. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Two. Interesting. Two of them. I'm two. I'm two and zero. Oh. You are one of those. The the Nate Riley series, so sad. <sighs> well, sad for the angels, but not sad for the uh, cut right, pirates. Boys. All right, Anyhow. enjoy this while you can. We're about to get to the real teams. About to get to 2017. <laughs> it's not going to be so happy for either of you. So yes, we are 2017 bound. Our 18th Sky season is about to get underway dear this is your 17th season correct you joined in 01 yep uh jason you joined i believe beginning of 06 correct yes it was the wonderful year of 2006 so yes so this is your 12th season this is my 15th full season uh no sorry 16th yeah no it is 16th i can't count it's fine 16th full season joined in 2002 We've got a lot of old heads. I believe we we've, we touched on this last year. We touched on that the year before. We touched on something similar the year before. I believe our most recent GM is Las Vegas Dan, is it not? No, I think it's Ryan in Chicago, which is ben still Diego. four or five seasons. It's Ben Diego. Is Ben it, before? I thought Ben was before Ryan, but I don't whatever. think so. Maybe he just talks more. So it may, it may be Ben Diego. It, it, may, it may be Ben Diego. Regardless, that is still three, four, five full seasons. Yeah, I don't know how many leagues on any surfer uh, have gone three years, three seasons without a, any turnover. Pretty impressive. It is very impressive. Well, without any further ado, let's jump into this season. We are going to start like we usually do. We're going to start in the Atlantic, then go north, central, and then finish out west. Going to go alphabetically to those of you, again, who are like, why aren't you talking about my team first? My team won it all. Yeah, well, we go in an order, and we're sitting with that order. Which means the first team, the Atlanta Braves. The Atlanta Braves made a uh, made a big splash this offseason. Traded for John Morgan uh, right after arbitration. <laughs> gave up Tim Riddell in a fourth, and then immediately signed a five-year extension that is going to keep Morgan in Atlanta through 2022. Not just that. They traded for Daniel Hathaway as well. Traded for Hathaway. That was a minor league move, though. Got Hathaway and Pfeiffer for Santiago Alamo, Ricky Soltero, and Corey Abraham. Three premier specs. Alamo, of course, the uh, the most premier of those. That just adds to a vaunted Atlanta lineup. Deirdre and I were talking about this earlier. He was he asked me how how I should how he should sort of build the lineup. And going through the lineup, one through six, one through seven, maybe the best in the league. I know we're starting with the. I know this is the first team here, 
But between Chris Santiago, Keith Hymer, Manriquez, Hathaway, Morgan, Joe Marquez, and Eric Krapow, that's a pretty sexy one through seven. Keep going. Yeah, I'm almost there. I love this. Jason, I'm, I'm can, sorry, can Jake. You, I had I had a little bit of uh, throw up in my mouth. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I figured as much. It's not it's not fun to see. Okay, look, the Braves lineup is good. There, but the top of the lineup is good. I don't think the bottom of the, all of the lineup is that good. Okay. For for a catcher, I'm not sure you can do much better than Eric, than Eric Kerpow hitting wise. He he had a down year last year, 7.27 OPS. But let's not forget this is a two time Silver Slugger Award winner. Nate Boville somehow had a career year last season, won the Silver Slugger. He's coming back, and Nate Rogers had an 856 OPS last season, and he's coming back. Nate Rogers yeah. is, is probably the on the bench, though. Is that correct? He will. He'll be uh, my fourth outfielder. Um, but talking about strength in the lineup, I guess if you want to say we have a weakness offensively, it's Boville and Sosa. But those are two gold glovers at the two most important positions. So I'd feel okay with that. I, I agree, but one through nine is not the best in the league. One through seven, I'd be hard-pressed to find a better one through seven. And it's not like Danny Sosa and Nate Boville are bad hitters. They're both career 750 OPS guys. And from the eight and nine hole, can you really ask for much better? You can't. It's good. I'm super stoked with this team. And uh, I think I might be more stoked about the addition of John Morgan than I am about Hathaway. I think the Morgan... That's friend of the, that is friend of the pod, John Morgan. <laughs> yeah, he's got some mentions, and I don't know if he's totally lived up to the hype. He's had a kind of a weird career. It took him a while to get his footing. Had one great season in Virginia and then followed it up with a little bit of a stinker last year. Those ratings are so sexy. I know. They're so good. It's uh, I mean, if you do change his position to DH, he pops up in the top 20 hitters. I mean, he has, he, I mean, yeah, he, he has no business being in the field. Yeah, and he won't. He won't ever see the field. Um, I think our team has six or seven gold glovers and a really deep... A really deep offense. I, I'm I fail to find many holes here. I think it's the best Braves team I've built. Um, I, I mean, those... this was a, this is a team that won 102 games last season. Yep, that was the best team in baseball last year. Um, we won 104 the year before, and it's the same exact team except we're adding two two star players. So I think the sky's the limit, particularly in this kind of shitty Atlantic. I think we might be able to pad our win total a little bit more than usual. So I'm excited. Very, very excited. Jason, I really want to hear what you have to say. I can't disagree. I, I like I know Atlanta. it pains you. I know it, does. it pains it you. Does. Okay, their offense is sexy. I get it. I like Morgan like like he does too. Like, he's going to get on base. I get it. And Hathaway, he's a fucking stud. I get it. Atlanta's good. I get it. I'm going to go right. throw up now. All right. Okay. Well, I guess we agree. I was uh, I was told there was going to be a big disagreement. Guess not. Guess you can't disagree with perfection. So I'm pretty happy. I'd say the hole in this team, despite the recent acquisition of Bob Davison, is going to be the back end of this rotation. Yeah, I, think I know. You're probably right there. Torres, Manzo, Bedway is a decent one, two, three. I don't see a, a true ace. Manzo is just getting better with age, but he was also hurt last year, so it's going to be interesting to see how he comes back from that. Um, so he does uh, have that on his track weight. Carl shit the bed bedway was downright awful for Atlanta last year between uh, the playoffs and uh, the regular season. 
And then there's the the second year man Edgar Torres, who had a very good rookie season, but again he was hurt there at the end of June. So there are a couple question marks there. And then for the number four, Jake Drees, again he was good last year, but bad the year before. He was always an enigma in Seattle. There's the recent acquisition, Bob Davison. And I believe, uh, yes, Rogelio Soto is still out for two weeks, and Mario Ramirez out for three to four weeks. So there are definitely some injury concerns, no true number ones, but a couple decent guys. Yeah, I think we, we have three guys kind of fighting for the fifth starter spot. And you said it, Dries Davison. The other one's Mario Romero, who uh, the ratings aren't super good, but he checks a lot of boxes and has pitched well for me. So I think I have three guys fighting for that fifth spot. But when you're talking about my rotation... You just said Manzo's good, but yeah, he missed most of last year. Torres is good, but yeah, he missed most of last year. Bedway, well, he just sucked last year. I mean, just think about that, that most of our rotation that you're complimenting wasn't around for the 102-win Brave team. So if you compare it to what I got last year out of the rotation, I think you got to be pretty optimistic. But hey. I don't have I, any qualms with this team. I think it's the I, best I, team I, ever. I, I, I would call it cautious optimism again. Manzo is 35. He's had now, after never being hurt up until 2013, he had the shoulder inflammation in in 2007. That was the only time he was hurt uh, pre-2013. He's been getting nicked up That's since 2014. Bit. He's had the, the four-week injury with shoulder burstitis. He's had the sore ankle, the shoulder strain, and then the big one, the rotator cuff. And he's 35, so again, that next big injury could be coming. Bedway was just downright awful. Um, and Torres is young, but he has a bit of an injury history too. So I, I'd say there are some definite injury concerns with this pitching staff. I, I would agree with that. Um, Manzo's getting older. Um, I'm seeing some decline in those ratings. Still, He's still really good. I'm not going to say he sucks. Um, Bedway's is so hot and cold. Um, who else? Uh, the other guy, the young kid, he Torres, you know Edgar Torres. Yeah. You know what? He looks like a scroll guy uh, just waiting to happen. So look, they all look good, but can they, but can they stay healthy? I mean, I suppose that's the question. Uh, right. Didn't, didn't stop us last year. But we'll see. I don't know. I think the big thing about the pitching staff is that they just don't have to be special. Uh, the defense is so much better than any other team in baseball. The defense can kind of carry these pitchers, even if they are struggling. I, th- I, as much as I hate to say it, I think you're right about that. I mean, I think showing someone like Michael Prettyman. Prettyman was good in Atlanta. I don't know how he was good in Atlanta, but it has to do with the defense. I mean, you look at the BABIP the last two years in Atlanta, both years the BABIP below 270. Yeah, Got that yeah. out of Michael Prettyman. He was particularly so, lucky. I, I will say that. Uh, our BABIP as a team last year was around 300, which was the best in baseball, but not 260 good. Prettyman was a little fluky. But it shows that this team doesn't need a special pitcher. And I, what's going to determine the Braves this year, it's not going to be talent because the talent is there. It's going to be health. Health is going to be what turns this team into a 102-105 win team as opposed to knocking it down to a 95-98 win team. And that would be my biggest thing is if you lose a starter, if you lose two starters, who, who who's the next guy in? Is it Man. Peterson? Is it Marin? Is 
is there is there a stopgap if you if you get an injury? I, th- I think we're about seven deep right now. So if uh, worst came to worst, we lost two or three starters, then yeah, I would go to those guys you mentioned. Marin and Peterson are both low control AAA guys, but the rest of them look pretty good. I don't know how special they'll be, but I don't know. I'm optimistic. I think you guys are underestimating the shit that I threw on the mound last year. There were guys like bottom of the barrel free agency 40 overall guys who pitched in our rotation last year. And they I didn't think hurt the win total. We are forgetting that he still has a guy on the injured list now in Soto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'll be so he'll be you, he could be coming two. back. I mean, you were throwing out Ed Atkins out there. You were throwing Joe Zuniga out there. Was, Luis Contreras rough, got four starts. Yeah, I mean, it was bad for a while. Um, we had a couple weeks where we lost three starters, and the bullpen was taxed, and it was just kind of a disaster for a month or so. But we found our footing, won over 100 games, and I think the sky's the limit this year. All right, is that enough with Atlanta? Please. Uh, well, that brings us to Baltimore. Jason, I don't know if that's going to make you any happier. A scotch. <laughs> a scotch. A scotch. Baltimore, it's it's interesting. The the big name is gone, Nate Riley. He For is now. gone. He's out of town. He's still out there in frames. He might be come back. Who knows? But Ramos is back. Salgado is back. Wilson's back. McCorkle is back. McCorkle signed a big deal to come back. Beasley is back. Sandoval is gone. He's in Detroit. Riley, as mentioned, he's currently a free agent. But Repo's back. Ricky Rodriguez is back. So his big name Hitters are back, and the top five starters for this team are all back as well. Manuel Leone, Alex Rosario, Jason Reinhardt, Lorenzo Band, and John Jones. They started 155 of a possible 156 games for the Orioles last season. All five of them are back. So for better or for worse, this is the same Baltimore team as last year. It's the yep. same Baltimore team that finished second, uh, finished second in... The Atlantic with 97 wins score, uh, scored 1,000 runs and gave up a tad short of 800. I, I mean, I think JP has talked like, hey, the Orioles are kind of getting worse. That's probably underselling how good they still are. There's not a lot of weaknesses here, no matter how you cut it. A former, It looks like a former Atlanta Brave, Matt Davis, will be replacing Riley in the lineup. And he, and man, he looks Matt good. Davis, he could be really, really special. He looks but really good, yeah. He's got big shoes to fill, and I don't think any player in the league can really do for this lineup what Nate Riley did. And uh, I know Nate Riley's even last year was kind of a down year for him. I think that's even an underrated, what he actually provided. I mean, he still had 150 RBIs. And when you have a good offense, players like that are obviously super important. Um, I think the offense is going to take a step back because Riley. I, I think that... He actually became underrated towards the end of his career. Is I, I'm I'm not getting I'm not jumping back on my Nate Riley soapbox. Jason, what do you have to say about Nate Riley? I mean, I love me some Nate. I mean, he got me a ring, so I, I can't say anything bad about him. But I think the loss of him definitely make it gives them a step back because they don't have another guy who's going to put up. 65 home runs. Matt yeah. Davis looks good. He's not going to hit 65 home runs. Yeah, Matt Davis might be a 320 hitter, 330 yep. hitter. Who knows? He could be really good. But if he hits my, 30 home runs. My scout's versus, a fan. Yeah, I mean, he might cost him. I mean, he could cost him 40 home runs. It's a 40 home run swing. 
even with a great player coming in. That's how and, big Riley was. And I think what you have to look at, too, on the Orioles is age. McCorkle is 32. Turns 33 in May. Yeah. So he, I mean, that's 33 on a catcher. I mean, Ricky Rodriguez is 30. When did that happen? Yeah, what did you guys think of this Ricky Rodriguez extension? Um, I know he made some tough decisions. Or at least Sandoval opted out and Nate Riley opted out. And he was able to re-sign Ricky Rodriguez for really cheap. Granted, he's I, coming I, up I, don't, I do not see how this – I mean, it's the only way I see all this deal. failing – but that's the thing. If Rodriguez is absolute crap this year, say like Jim Goudreau last year where he somehow had negative two war, that's the only way I can see this deal failing. Oh, I'm not trying to say it's going to fail. More so, I'm surprised that he signed for so cheap. I mean, he was the best third baseman in baseball the two years prior, had a down year, and all of a sudden signed for peanuts. It just caught me off guard more than anything. Reminds me of the Brian Salmon and deal. Uh, you got to stop stroking oh, Salmon in, okay? Oh, Salmon and is currently crap. There's a reason he's sitting in free agency. I don't remember the contract. It, it does look like a Jake contract. It's gross looking. But Ricky Rodriguez, remember, if he does go to shit, there's not a team option in this deal. So it could be three years. It could, it could backfire a bit. Just surprised because for the last two years, you hit the meet the team screen, and Ricky Rodriguez is always the number one third baseman. He's fallen down that list, and now he's signing cheap contracts. It just feels odd. I don't know. Again, OSA has this weird thing with third baseman. That's true. And Rodriguez is probably the staple of that. Um, we think we've been talking shit about Ricky Rodriguez for a long time. But he's proved, he's proved us wrong. We'll see. He, he's been really good. He's been really good. I kind of want to go back to Matt Davis for a second, because um, he is not just the replacement in the order. Not only does his bat have big shoes to fill, but defensively is going to be a big deal, too. Um, that was kind of the bane, the Achilles heel of the Orioles last year was the corner outfield defense. So it's God, still it was bad. horrible. It's not going to get better. Well, it depends on how if Davis is served. If Davis is I, I have him I have him with fifty range and his throughout his career in the minor leagues he was a net negative. Yeah, it's, it's I weird, do though. not have high hopes for him in the outfield. I'm glad you say that because I agree. But he's kinda had a weird if you look at twenty fifteen, he's only minus three, played hundred games. And then the year before he was really bad. Um I don't know what Matt Davis we're gonna get defensively. Is he a minus five guy, a minus ten guy? Is he worse? Um I guess anything's an upgrade over Riley, but the biggest hole in this team is still the defense. Even though they got rid of the worst part, the defense is still a problem. They didn't upgrade it enough. Yeah. I mean, it's it's fine if you want to bring in Colin Forner and, and Matt Bond for the last two innings, but for the first seven, you're dealing with shit. I have some concerns all over his pitching, though. I mean, I don't see a number one starter. That's been the I, case for a while now, though. I don't see a number one, right. but I see a lot of number twos and number three. So he's not Rosario gonna. He's not gonna win shit last year. He was garbage. I mean, that's that's six twelve ERA is ugly. Right, Tom Nation's injury prone. John Jones isn't ready yet. I got. Uh, he's 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 still very raw to my scout. Oh man, I think this is the most I've ever liked the Baltimore rotation. I'm pretty high on. John Jones and Jason Reinhardt. Oh, I'm I'm high on him, but I mean, I I just see raw. He, he's I'm not. Con- I 
I know spring training stats aren't an end-all be-all, but I'm concerned about John Jones' strikeout rate in spring training. It was less than six. He struck out less than six per nine last year. In AAA the year before, he struck out seven per nine. So when you're in a ballpark that is home run prone, mind you, he's got the 65 movement, which is nice, but he's not a great control guy, 55, so he's probably going to give up two and a half, three walks per nine. He's going to be giving up a lot of hits, and that's just not going to play with this defense behind him. Yeah, you might be right there. Um, he might just be on the wrong team. And, hell, it might just be hard to look good as a starter in Baltimore, period. Because low movement guys don't play. Sometimes high movement guys don't play. It's tricky. I mean, uh, throw someone like hell. I would love to see what Casey Henry looked like in Baltimore. <laughs> Oh, boy, I think that would be I I think that would be really fun to watch. Fun is from it, an, from from what point of view? Like fun to watch them him implode. Oh, just to see what happens because he's going to strike out the world and give up home runs. But he could also have like that Cobby type of thing where Cobby had some really good years there in Montreal. Mind you, very different ballparks. That's the key, man. That's the key. But like what? So what kind of pitcher is it that that survives in Baltimore? Is it a high strikeout, high movement guy? It's probably it's probably so, like that. someone to less an extent of a of a Pat Jackson. That's I think a good one. Um, I'm just thinking kind of like a Dontoniak type. Um, we saw the Rockies build their rotation that way ten years ago, all high strikeout guys, and he had decent success with it. Now Baltimore's not that extreme of a park. It sure is for left-handed. Left-handed uh, pitchers. Maybe you just try and get a bunch of lefties in the rotation and just try and avoid getting killed by the lefty home run ball. I'm not sure, but I think that'd be where I'd go, which is maybe why Tom Nation has some success there. I mean, he had a 3.44 ERA last season, or excuse me, two seasons ago in 20 in 27 starts, but he's coming off that injury, so you never know. And his spring training was rough. Lorenzo Banda last year, he followed up a, a good 2015 with an even better 2016. ERA was up a skosh, but uh, struck out more, struck out two more per nine and walked a uh, half a better fewer uh, per nine. So again, the rotation isn't bad. It's not great. There are definitely good pieces there, but it's just a little concerning that there isn't that number one and just the way the ballpark works. It's probably going to be a lot similar to what it was last year. Yeah, it's weird. These guys are uh, all of a sudden 26, 27, 28. Uh, this young rotation's getting old, and I still kind of don't know what to think of them. Uh, it still feels like they're developing and still young and still unknown, but they kind of are what they are right now. And I'm I'm going to be interested to see what this team looks like in 2019 when Beasley is due for free agency, Akbar's due for free agency, Nation's due for free agency, Repel is due for free agency. A lot of these guys are going to hit free agency within three years, so it's so too. Yeah, so is due for free agency after this year, so they may have to pay him. It's going to be really interesting to see what this Orioles team looks like after this year. So is this the year that JP says, screw it, this is the last year I have with this core and try to go all in? I think that's what we're going to see. Um, I don't know how all in he could go. You know, what, what kind of pieces are you even trying to add? It is a pretty darn complete team, and to upgrade your defense means you're going to downgrade your offense. So it's and actually, it, it could depend on... Room. He might not have any budget room, though, either. Looks like, I mean, again, uh, budgets are a little iffy with all these players up uh, in the majors today. 
Uh, that throws off the freighting space a little bit, but I'm guessing he's probably only got about three or four million to work with. So he yep. he can make an over budget trade. Eventually, at some point, he should be able to, depending yeah. on if he splurges on IAFA or goes over budget for draft. Yeah. Um, but he could be able to make that one big move. So who knows? It's it sure seems like the end of the the Orioles' reign. This is probably their last real uh, real strong team. Because it is a strong team, we're kind of downplaying them. They're really good. Now, what's weird is they got floated around like, man, is this the best team ever? They are the first team to win back-to-back. They're so good. And then you look at it from a different angle and you say, was this just a good team that fluked into Nate Riley becoming... I mean, Nate Riley's two-year stretch might be the flukiest thing we've really seen in Sky. And without that, man, the Orioles' legacy, the Orioles' reign totally looks different. I'm going to disagree. I think JP did a great job in putting a team together at the right time. He had the right guys up and then made the right moves at the right time. Oh, I'm, so. I'm, talk, I'm not saying that. I mean, obviously the Orioles are great, but I think we think of them in a super high light. And that's in large part because the Nate Riley era. Right. Well, I, I think their reign might be over. I don't think they're going to get through the Atlantic. But you never know. Oh, they couldn't. Uh, they couldn't even make it to the RCS last year, or to the uh, divisional championship series last year. Followed up back to back. What wins? Who beat them? I uh, will get to them. We'll oh, we'll okay. get we'll get to them. Oh, okay. But this is a team that in 2012 won 44 games. They got better by 20, uh, 27 games from 2012 to 2013, and then 29 games. From 2013 to 2014. That is unprecedented. Yeah, that is true. Um, He hit the sell button at the right time, where he still had assets that could net him stuff. He traded really well. Um, I don't even know if he drafted that great, but he traded for prospects, and they all panned out, and it it is kind of the prototype for how to have a successful rebuild. I mean, his, his ones, at least some of his recent ones, looks like they panned out. Eric Wilson was a one. Tom Nation was a late one. Beasley was a one. John Jones was a one. So part well, of it is getting it's one, easy one and not fucking it, it, it up. the top ten every year, though, isn't it? It's a little bit easier in the top ten. Top one, hell. Right. <laughs> um, and that brings yeah. us to, that brings me to one other name worth mentioning, Eric Wilson, who's also currently hurt. OSA darling, 40-70 potentials, but a righty side armor, um, which, for all we know, could be hell in baltimore yeah that's probably the one place where that really doesn't play um he doesn't Um, have that vegas splits at least look this 2011 draft class it that that may be one of the better draft classes in recent history between eric wilson manuel leone john Reppel, david weiss matt shenafield and bomb bomb in the 12th round and jason reinhardt in the seventh that's a strong draft class there it is, especially when you think about how shitty the 2011 class was. Uh, that was the year we had all those pitchers, and they all basically flamed out early. Very interesting. Anything more we need to talk about here with Baltimore? I'm good. Let's bring it to Cincinnati then. Cincinnati is just continuing the the rebuild that's been in place for, what, 10 years now? I don't even know if you can call it a rebuild, because every year he goes out and signs free agents. 
And they did it this year. They have two new corner outfielders. One of them, Ryan Pruitt, making $25 million this year, uh, de-escalating a bit, followed by 28 and 15 And the oft-injured Mike Gomez, who, on the injured list in spring training, he signed a two-year deal worth $32 million. So what is the point of those signings? I think it makes them... I mean, it makes him a lot better. Oh, it makes like him better for sure. Is this a, is this more of a trade them in the offseason type move, or is this, okay, let's see where we are in this year. Maybe they can be with us next year. All right, all right. If you're going to try and get inside uh, Maddie Paca's head, then you're just going to fucking – you're going to kill yourself. Just accept <laughs> it for what it is. The team is going to be way better. They're going to hit a shitload of home runs. And I don't know. I don't know if Cincinnati's quite as bad as we think. Uh, just imagine I, if you do get healthy Gomez and you get healthy Pruitt. They could score a lot of runs just with those two guys. And I don't hate the team overall. Bryce Mask is going to be a quality second baseman if he can stay on the field. He is a damn near scroll guy at this point. He's 24 and he is two inches away from being a uh, official scroll guy. Yeah, that's a uh, Yeah, he is talented but a disruptive presence in the locker room and a scroll guy. Rich Taylor is an interesting shortstop. He hasn't had the best sky career, but he's an interesting piece there. Uh, he's got a couple young third basemen, Nick Miller and Mike Hook. Tom Eager just decided to be a great hitter all of a sudden. I don't know where the hell he came out, came from, but he has back-to-back seasons above an 860 OPS. And he has a lot of good young relievers, Luis Quintero, Ivan Pena, John Trammell, all of them can be legit back-end guys, not to mention Ricky Ayala, Marcos Franquez. A couple of those guys are two or three years away, but they're talented. Yeah, like you said, there's talent. I want to talk about some of the guys you mentioned. Uh, Rich Taylor probably should be a second baseman, but uh, I think he's better than he's shown in Sky. I think we'll see that OPS jump up quite a bit. Hook at third looks good. Tom Eager, do you remember we did a – uh, mid-season pod we talked about eager he was opsing over a thousand it was crazy he ended up having an ops under 700 the last three months so it, <laughs> the stats look pretty normal i guess we'll find out which tom eager is the real tom eager because those three months either way you cut it the back half or the front half probably impossible to le- to replicate and then uh they made this trade with uh with our commissioner michael for Jose Colon in center field. And when you have these new sexy corner outfielders who both are probably going to struggle on defense, Jose Colon is probably the best center fielder, best defender in the entire league. So I like that, actually. I like that they're going to have a gold glover in center to make up the weaknesses in the corner. So it's a, it's a good thing Jose Colon weighs 175, because if he weighed any more, I'm not sure he could out-hit his body weight. Uh, yeah, he... Uh, Shit, he still might have a problem. But maybe he can draw some walks, steal some bags. I don't know. Uh, this is a Rule 5 draft pick that got snatched away from me a couple years ago. So I'm excited to see him in a starting role. Uh, here's a... I don't know if I love the comp. Because in real life, the, this player doesn't have as much eye. He kind of reminds me of Billy Hamilton. I Not suppose. a great contact guy. Not going to have power. Country fast, 
great defense and is going to strike out a metric fuck ton. Yeah, I mean it's not the it's not the worst comp. I uh, Billy Hamilton. I don't think his speed's possible to replicate in this game, unfortunately. But it would be cool if Cologne was able to hit 200 and still steal 50 bags. That'd be awesome. I mean, in 2015, he played 84 games in A ball, hit 287. I don't know if that's possible. Uh, and stole 20 bags. Hell, look at that season in A ball across 84 games, five and a half WAR and 860 OPS. Jeez. My God. I know. Um, I'm really excited to see what he does. I uh, I like this guy. And I mean, what if he just gets a little lucky? He doesn't need to hit 287. But if he kind of flukes his way into hitting 240, like shit, he could be a really good player. And he's also he someone that, again, you see that 70 eye. He's someone that should draw a decent amount of walks. Yeah, I think he's really fun. I wish he was a little better, but we don't have many guys in this mold, so I'm excited. You guys ready for some real talk? You guys sure. are on crack. <laughs> okay. The rats are terrible. Who's, gonna I, pitch for, who's pitching for them? Okay, some of these arms in the pen are good. I'll give you that. But who's starting for, for them? Is Emmett Hill still on this team? Because he was god-awful. He is who's not, pitching? but he is still god-awful. Who's pitching? I mean, they don't what have about, pitchers. Uh, former 1-1 Chris Blitzer? Oh, man, if only. I mean, okay. yeah, this team Tristan doesn't have a lot. Tristan Havens might be their number one. Hey, don't sleep on Steve Dixon. Uh, and I'm not even joking. Uh, young kid, I think he ranks highly on the prospect list. Potential for him to pitch well and be uh, super effective. Now, I know they don't have any depth in the rotation, so obviously they're going to suck. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to say they're, they're any good, but they might hit enough home runs to where, to where they steal more games than you think. I, I think this might be one of the worst teams in the league. I mean, yeah, it's probably a top five or six worst team. But remember, yeah. remember this is Cincinnati we're talking about. We gotta, it's, everything's <laughs> relative. For the Reds, this is kind of fun. I, I'll give you. It might be a little fun, but I don't see how they win more than sixty games. They they are not going to get anybody out. So so who's their ace? Is it Tristan Havens who went down from eighty nine ninety one to eighty seven eighty nine with his last dev report? Mind you, that is less than two months in between dev reports that he loses two miles per hour. Or is it Aaron Foley who is best known for going from advanced rookie ball straight to the majors? God, I hate hearing that. That's something Miami would do. Is there anybody on the roster who is not in the rotation? I the don't see any names pitcher, I know. I don't see Israel, any names I know. Israel Salazar is a very good pitcher. Yeah, he's good. Okay, that might be their number one. You're I think right. they have two pitchers who are decent. And then, uh, then yeah, three through five is pretty shit. And I am partial towards Salazar. He's a former uh, California Angel. Oh, God. He, oh, came God. Over with, he came over with my, Bryce Mask in the uh, Noah Wallace deal, as did uh, John Trammell. Uh, so Cincinnati should be reaping the benefits of that trade. In the bullpen. Israel, Israel Salazar is a legit sky starter tomorrow. I will give you that. Okay, he's got a, a number yeah, no, one. That was a good trade. That age, that trade aged really well for Cincinnati. It really did. It, it, sucks it doesn't make a – yeah, um, but he got he was healthy for sure. Like that's a steal because uh, I mean, right right now, would you rather have Israel Salazar and Trammell or Wallace and Rogers? It's not even close. It's not. Oh, no, it's not close. I'll take the young guys, but there's nobody else around them. 
Yeah, you had me at Andy Rogers. I'm I'm always gonna pick the <laughs> other side. But... Yeah, if they like shit, if you, just think if they had like two more starters, not even good ones, just guys who can I mean, give you innings. Chris Carey's out for five to six weeks, but he should be back. That's the the ageless Chris Carey who's been with Kansas City once. Oh, only twice. I thought he's been with Kansas City more. Uh, long time Atlanta Brave. Yeah, I hate that guy with all my heart. Never want to see his face again. Uh, and then, so yeah, it's going to be ugly pitching wise. This they're going to be a lot of eleven to five, eleven to to seven games here that Cincinnati's on the losing end on. Yeah, they won fifty seven games last year. I think they're ten games better than that because they didn't score any runs last year. They added two big pieces, and I think the pieces that they had last year are going to improve. So I like what them around. If Gomez gets hurt, then they're if in the Gomez same boat they were in last year. Whatever. Sixteen mil down the drain. It's okay. I mean, they were 15th in run scored in the East last year, and playing in that ballpark, that's just like damn near impossible. So I'm, like I said, cautiously optimistic, at least by my normal red standards. And even then, you still have Ryan Pruitt, who OSA has projected for a 42 home run, uh, 120 RBI, 300, 385, season. Yeah, and we that saw is... what he did in Milwaukee with a park that's built for him. This is going to be even better. Ryan Prude in Cincinnati. That is music to my ears. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. Well, you I'm saw a- the, that he hit 32 home He hit 62 home runs across two seasons in Miami of all places. I mean, that's like a 45 home run seasons in Cincinnati. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun offensively. It's going to be ugly defensively. All, all right, right. Enough and, Reds. We always do yep, this. Enough Reds. All right. Let's move on to Miami. Uh, oh, boy. So they got Joe Kronk. Joe Kronk in, in 2018 will be making $55 million. That's wow. a lot of money. That's wild. They have Jonathan Brashear. Uh, thankfully, the Ryan Pruitt center field experiment is over. Um, that was one of the worst experiments ever done in Sky. That was ugly. That should have been illegal. They've got Kronk and Brashear offensively, arguably the best one-two punch in baseball. You've got, An- you've got Andy Allen, Tim Tarbox, and Ramon Vega in the rotation. Julian Guerrero, Ismael Ibarra, Jason Meyer, Luis Figueroa at the back end of the bullpen. Right He's, now. Well, un- until Julian Guerrero gets injured eventually. Um, they've got Eric Everett, who's out for four months, eventually coming back. Is this a closet good team? Oh, boy. Go ahead, Jason. Get it off your chest. Hell fucking no. What else is he putting in the lineup? He's got Leo, I'm always hurt, Rincon leading off. Are you kidding me? I haven't heard of any of these guys. Look at his lineup. And you're going to tell me he's better than the top four teams in the Atlantic? You guys are crazy if you say he is. Jake, tell me this. Who's the third best hitter on this team? Uh, does it matter if they're playing lefties or righties? Just tell me who's the third best hitter. doesn't matter. I don't hate Juan Bermudez. I'll give you that because we were after him. And we were after him as well. I will Rod give Leslie you that. has a good season under his belt. I mean, yeah. Mike Earwood is competent against righties. He's got Mike Earwood? Yeah. Oh, my Lord. Oh, no, 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 no. If Bermudez, like I said, he's okay. If he's your third best hitter, you have big holes. 
Like, Ring Collin can hit. Everett can hit. Those guys are both hurt and not going to play. It's tricky. It's really tricky. I do think the rotation is closet good. Preston Grant might be another closet good DH type of guy. Man, I, I don't know what you're seeing, man. He looks like shit. Most of these guys look like shit. Preston Grant is like, oh, gosh. He's double-A fodder. So what are you talking Who about? Who in the world is Preston Grant? You don't even want to know. He sucks. I have 50-plus at every single hitting stat. I have 50-plus at zero hitting stats. Interesting. I've got is, he, 50, is he on the major 60, league roster? Yes, he's currently suspended for oh. one game, but oh, I've got okay. 50, 60, 55, 50, 55. Man, I don't see it, but who knows? He's yeah. 29. No, no. Yeah, there's just nothing here. You know, we'll see if Brashear and Kronk can, by themselves, generate enough runs to allow this pitching staff to get them wins. And they might do it because we're always wrong on Miami. We always undersell them. They always always surprise us and logic and the Pythagorean record and all this shit. They're always better than we think. So I'm not going totally to call them off. Have we seen a team built like this since the, uh, the mid-aughts? Athletics of Souders, Flores, oh, and man, that shit. is a great comparison. That is a phenomenal comparison. That is spot on. That, that's horrible spot on. ballparks. Horrible ballparks. Great hitters. Nothing around them. I mean, Joe Souders had a year there where he led the league in RBI despite no one getting on base. That was the, yep. that was 2011. And they won a lot of games. Decent amount. They almost made the playoffs. I think they won over 80. So. And I'm thinking back. Two legit hitters can carry a team. Especially when you have a pitching staff. They might. For a I, month. It'll carry you for a month. I'm telling oh. you. No, I'm no. I like his rotation. One through three. I don't like number four and five. Cole and Gel. I think they're crap. He's got uh Binky, who's okay. Cardona. Yeah, I mean he's he's got some guys, but they're just guys. Hey, Jason, would it surprise you if I told you that preseason predictions pegs Miami scoring more runs than the Pirates? They like this be, offense I just, more than the Pirates. I, I can't believe that. Man, two, two guys he, could go a long way. I think Jake's right. honest. Well, I like they, this well that doesn't take into fact that Rincon is going to miss 90 games. Well, yeah, Rincon's going to miss the entire season. He played yeah, 11 he, games last year. <laughs> he does not count. I'm not... Hope no one's Eric, talking about Eric that. Everett coming back in the middle of the season is going to help, but that at may be end, too little End of too the late. season. Yeah. Four, four um, months. He's coming back in September. That actually, give, that actually gives me an idea. I'm a little worried defensively. Um, I can't. It's hard to picture what is actually going to be on the field for Miami because they're going to have some injury-prone guys. It's going to be weird. I don't Joe know. Joe Crack, should, he should play third base, and he should go sign a first baseman. He could help the offense. I don't know. I don't like seeing Kronk at third base. I like seeing him at first base, but he, just, he just and I'm I'm telling him what to do right now. He he should go sign three bats and just play him in the field. I mean, we know we know he, he doesn't care about defense. We know he has no sort of care in the world for his defense. Again, see Ryan Pruitt in center field. Um, but again, the offense is what it is. It's two hitters and a bunch of guys. On my Miami storyline to watch this year is not Jonathan Brashear. It is not Joe Cronk. Dear Rich, I think you know where I'm going with this. Andy Allen 
is 146 strikeouts away from tying Muggsy Figueroa for the most career strikeouts in Sky history. It's amazing. I think Andy Allen's the most underrated starting pitcher we've had in our league. I think he's, uh, his whole career is incredible. We talked I mean, about it last time. He's just been in bad ballparks and still performed. I mean, you look at his year last year. Forget for just throw the window, throw the record out the window. He had a 3.83 ERA when the league ERA is close to five. He pitched over 200 innings, struck out nine per nine, and had a six and 12 record. Yeah, four WAR as a 37-year-old is kind of crazy. I love it. I hope he hits the record. Um, he just deserves it. Uh, like I hope we remember Andy Allen for something tangible like that. And the other thing worth noting, he is yet to have a velocity drop. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder how long he's going to go. Um, my gut kind of tells me this is the last year. And then he's going to go into that 6K through 9. Arturo Aguilar, Ramos, Muggsy, they all do it. They have one decent year when they're not striking out guys, and then they collapse. So he struck out 197 last season. He is 288 away from 4,000. Does Andy Allen become the first ever Sky member of the 4,000 Strikeouts Club? I think he's got to. It's hard to bet against him at this point. What's his total again? I'm sorry. 37-12. He's 288 away. He struck out close to 200 last season. I think he's got two more years that he's going to be really good. Not great, but really good. And then the, then the crap hits. Because as, as Rich said, you know, he he's still really good at 37 you know you don't see the the massive say Aguilar decline till he's 39 you know I he's got two or three years maybe left so I think he gets there he's like unless unless he unless he gets hurt I don't see a way he doesn't get there I don't think he's been hurt ever in his career he had the fractured shoulder played during spring training last season a sore shoulder in 2004, and those are the only two DL stints in his career. Yeah, yeah. I'm rooting for him. I hope everyone is. Be fun. I wish he did it in a uniform other than the fucking Marlins, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, Miami's Miami's had a couple of these older veteran starting pitchers that are probably gone underrated. One of them played for them a lot longer, Vavrin Kozak. Maybe he's got um, a great trainer. Who knows? I'm Vavrin Kozak is someone that. A lot of people should look at as like this is the perennial underrated pitcher. Yeah, he needs to get his number retired in Miami. Hope that happens. Doesn't look like he's gonna make the hall, but he was a he, career Marlin, so I hope he's he, enshrined. He did garner one vote this past season. Uh, anything else to talk about with Miami? No. Uh, I well, we like didn't we really have... talk about the about the trade. Did you guys make oh, this yes. trade? If you guys are 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 Jay, just take that aside that you're that you're Jay for a second. Why are you making this trade? Oh, I have no idea. I, I hate the the trade from that point of view. Um, it makes I, them I, a I lot better. Now I've mentioned this to you guys. I could have had this trade before and, and after, and, and I I well I did because I didn't like the extension numbers. I could have had Kronk, Casey, Matt, suppose. Allegedly, let's just say that came to me and offered me Joe Cron, and I wanted to know what the extension was. And once I heard those numbers, I said, "Hell no." You know, okay. It's weird that the extension's kind of unprecedented. If you have the money next year and you're able to deal with this monster front-loaded deal, 
then it doesn't feel that bad. You're paying a 26 a year after that. You can live with right. that, just right. making but it work tough. And the 55 stops you from making any other moves, doesn't it? Like, yeah. Like, th- like, this is his team for the next two years. Yeah, and they might be bad the next two years, but think about 2019 when the only things that you have on the books is Brashear and Kronk. Maybe you can then kind of build a contender around that two-man core. And start over. I, don't, I don't know what you – like all these specs he gave up, but a couple of them look pretty good. I like the pitcher he gave up, and he gave up a bunch of picks. It just – I just – it didn't make sense to me. Yeah, I didn't even hate the trade from a fairness standpoint, just more of a logic standpoint. Exactly, uh, logic. But I didn't think he gave up very much. I thought his farm was pretty barren, except for that pitcher, uh, Wilder. Doug Wilder, I think it is. Right. So, I, yeah. I, I admire Jay for taking a shot. I hope it works out. It'll be fun. You know, at this point in time, I'm just rooting for the Marlins. I hope they knock out the Pirates. That'd be great. Of course you do. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I don't have much more to say about Miami. Yeah, I'm good. They're confusing. All right, let's head to Pennsylvania. Uh, first up, the Phillies. They, uh, it's ugly. Well, yeah. they're the Phillies. They're the I, Phillies. I wish Trent was here. Uh, so he could talk us through some of it, tell us how good his players are, brag about how he has the number one pitching prospect in Sky. Yeah, I like things. I like that pitcher a lot. I mean, he's 18. That's the thing. You know, usually. And by the way, about, he got he got him from Miami. Not a surprise. It's kind of shocking how many good prospects go through the Miami farm system. But uh, usually, when we talk about shitty teams like the Phillies, we say like, well. You just suck for another year and wait for so-and-so to come up, and then then you start winning. I don't know if Philly even has that guy yet or those players. I you think know, I was, I was going to say the same thing. I, I went through them a little while ago, and some of these specs he got, like my scout's not a fan of a lot of these guys. Like I like um, Overa a lot, but other than that, and, and um, Pizana, that's it. Yeah, Olvera is kind of the prize of the team right now. The other ones that look good are too young to really bank on them. So it's Olvera and a bunch of question marks. Uh, I, I, I really like way. Snell. Though. I really like Snell, though. I If that third pitch ever comes in, he's got a starter there. But he's just a reliever right now. Yeah, the same goes for Shane Wyckoff, too. Uh, yeah. That's another guy who kind of just needs one little bump, and then he'll become a valuable piece. But right now he's not that at all. And not to mention he's pitching in Philly, which is not the spot for low-movement guys. And and he's 26. Yeah, things are not very bright in Philly. I keep – I was hoping that they were getting brighter, but they're they're just – they're dimming. And it all stemmed with this John Carter trade. And uh, John Carter does not look like a good player to me. John Carter for Francis and Hannah. Looks Those guys look like good ball players. We'll see what Carter is. Um, he's still kind of controversial. OSA and some scouts seem to be disconnected on him, and he's gonna make the he's gonna make the major league roster. We'll see if he's worth talking about because he's not that bad, but uh, he's certainly not the Messiah that we all thought. I mean, he's got some guys that look okay, like Pearl looks okay, but he's not going to be a star. Is Birkenfeld going to be a star? I don't I don't see it. We know we Trent has been on record saying that he loves himself some Birkenfeld. 
I think he's taken a dev hit for my scout a couple times. I mean, he's good with the glove. He just looks like he can't hit. And my yeah. biggest issue with this team is that where they have talent, they have too much of it in the same places. Like Conazales and Jared Pearl, they're pretty much two versions of the same guy. A lefty outfielder that doesn't have great range. Right. Uh, Olvera and Mears are very similar. They're both third baseman, high gap guys, good power guys. Beyond yeah, that, you, not much. You can even throw Jorge Peraza into that bunch. of Corner outfielders who can't really play D. But Not to mention left-handed hitting corner outfielders that can't exactly. play D. Yeah, so I I think Gerald Jared Pearl can be a star. I'm very very high on this guy. Um, but outside of Olvera Pearl and well, maybe Tommy Byram turns into a player, I don't know. It's it's pretty slim. There's two or three guys that look good, a bunch of question marks, and a lot of those question marks are so young. God, if you have to peg a a time when Philly's going to compete, it's almost impossible to do because I I think you're looking at four yet. or five years. Because a lot of these guys just look like stopgap guys. Like, yeah, it, I mean, I think his team looks like this because he's not fully, not fully trying to go for the one-one. It looks like he's trying to get be semi-competitive while still rebuilding. Kind of letting the kids play. To quote Trent, that's what he said about his team at least. And see what happens. And I don't know. I think he's. I mean, Kevin be- Gates looks okay. I mean, he's a. He's a decent number three, number four on a on a good team, but I mean, I just I think he's wait he's waiting to rebuild again. I mean, get get high draft picks and see what happens. Yeah, well, he just made the third pick in the draft uh, earlier today. Got a guy named Josh Chalk. Yes, he, everyone he seems looks to good. like this guy. He looks really good to my scout. So maybe, so maybe that's the plan. You say, okay, Chalk's gonna be our guy. When Chalk's good, we'll be good. Does so, Chalk? Uh, OSA yeah. has wet dreams about Josh Chalk. Yes, yeah. my and my scout is right there with him. Mind you, I think he ends up at third base, not shortstop. But holy crap, those hitting potentials yeah. are he might be a, a thing of third base. beauty. Those those OSA potentials are ha oh. are sexy. Yes. Yeah, my uh, scout is yeah. right there. With yeah. Um, but again, it's it's not pretty. There are some good scouts, Jonathan Davila, Leo Olvera. I uh, can even go down to John Gilkinson. But like you said, these guys are four, five years away. Yeah, so, and getting yeah, back to chalk, he doesn't look like a shortstop to me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's a third baseman, but that's the intention. Trent knows that he just got a third baseman. And uh, considering he has Olvera, this is just the best player ab- available type pick. Right. And I think that's the way to go. You know, some of these pitchers do have blue ratings and they look good. Just, it's way too early to make a judgment on any of these players. I wish I had better things to say about Philadelphia, but I think we all do. All right, let's move on to the Infernals. Uh, the Thank Pirates God. team. The Pirates team, uh, there is definitely talent at this place. I, again, Jay Redden needs to be tested for PEDs. I, I wholeheartedly believe that. This rotation is very sexy. The lineup may leave something to be wanted. I do not think this Eddie Dolly extension is going to age well at all. Oh, boy. Yeah, keep going. Keep going. Silky <laughs> Flores had a decent, not great year one in Pittsburgh. Three and a half war, 854 OPS, played in 124 games. 
but that contract is just going up and up. Uh, Mike Vines, Chris Gearhart, Casey, uh, Corey Melendrez, excuse me, three guys for pretty much two spots, first base and DH. Then he gets the rotation. This is where it gets sexy. Troy Pelton is a legit number one. Christos Avgerinos is a bona fide number one. Ted Foley is, for better or for worse, a pitcher of the year candidate year in, year out. All right, uh, one year. One, one year. <laughs> I mean, but you look at the last four years, you want to talk about consistent, you know exactly what you're getting from Foley. Yeah, just come on. Pitcher of the year is a, a big word. All right, Foley's, all right. I, I will admit I was totally wrong on this guy. Totally wrong on Ted Foley. He was uh, he was a former Jangles prospect that was acquired in the Justin Ross Mark Scruggs deal. Jeez, what a deal that was. Uh, Nick Nemeth showed why he was acquired by Pittsburgh last year, and Rich Jimenez is one of the most interesting pitchers in baseball. I truly believe that. Um, Aaron Berg <laughs> has developed into a legit reliever. Was not the starter that. Uh, Washington envisioned when they drafted 1-1 again in that 2011 draft class that we touched on earlier. They still have Scott Sears. They still have Hector Zaragoza. But at the end of the day, OSA has them pegged for 76 wins in their preseason predictions because they project the offense score 688 runs, the fewest, not just in the East, but in baseball. Jason, yeah, what do you have, what to, do you have say? to say? Defend yourself for this offense is really what we're saying. Okay. The predictions are wrong. Our offense is not going to be that bad. Okay. Melendrez is on the opening day roster. Okay. He got a bump on the last report. He made the roster. Okay. Silky Flores, if he's healthy, will have a bounce back year. Eddie Dolly is declining, but he's still a really good, you know, second baseman. Okay. I have Linfoot who's going to hopefully get on base and steal bases. Jay Redden's going to do what he does and overachieve. And we're going to be okay. Man. I firmly believe that. And we've got money to spend. We still have budget room. So, you know, the minute that, you know, Matt puts, you know, Gomez or Pruitt on the on the trade block, boom, he's ours. All right. So, I hope so. Uh, I firmly disagree with everything you're saying about these hitters. Uh, I do like Corey Melendrez. I think he can help a lot. But he's going to come in and have to replace probably one of your two or three best hitters. Uh, it means you got to get rid of Vine, to get rid of Gearhart. So that even while though you're adding an awesome hitter, it's just it's not like he's replacing a shitter. I guess. Right. No, I, then, I, I get that. I get that. And then Silky Flores. I mean, it breaks my heart to say it, but he's just not very good anymore. Um, he was productive oh, last how year. How dare you? He was productive yeah. last year, but remember, the home runs were way down, and his BABIP was way up. I mean, he BABIPed 345, and you're asking for a bounce back year. I think you – I would think I'd bet on him getting worse, if anything. It's just – it's such a hard ballpark for him to play in, and – he is getting up there in age, and now he's going to opt into $45 million. That sucks, and you're paying Eddie Dolly big money that year, too. I don't know. I, I have big concerns about the lineup. I wish you would have actually went out and made one of these big moves. Um, you just said you had the opportunity to get Kronk, but you didn't pull the trigger. 
I know for a fact that Daniel Hathaway could have been yours. But in a much better deal, but we've already talked about that. Apparently, you got cold feet and then sent oh, him to Atlanta. What? Uh, no, that's that is n- not true. Well, you should have opened not- up the pocketbook a little more, I guess. Uh, I know you were right there in that negotiation and it didn't go your way. Those are big strikeout mistakes for a team that just needs offensive help. I wouldn't call and- them mistakes when he didn't take my offer, but I mean, that's that's water under the bridge, but. I don't think my offense is going to be the worst in the league. I, I honestly don't. Now, I'm, I don't, not say, I I'm not, don't I'm not saying it's going to be the, the Orioles, but I think we win a lot of games five to four because I think our pitching staff is almost as good as anybody's in the league. Yeah, that I disagree with as well. Um, if you look at the stats of the Pirates last year, you guys won 89 games. It's great. You know, it's a pretty decent number. Without Troy Pelton. Okay, Troy Pelton missed half the year. He started 15 games. Let's. He wasn't out all year. It's okay. And the starters were the best in baseball. You had a, a 4.02 starter ERA. That's head and shoulders above everyone else. Atlanta was fairly behind, and then hey, California was third. But uh, so Pelton coming back, like, is it really going to help the starters that much when they're already the best in baseball? And oh, I don't I, know if this. I think I'm it does. About the starters, man. I'm worried about the starters. They were so good last year. Like, look at them, and tell me which one pitches better than they did last year. Avdrinos. Avdrinos yeah. only gets better. He, he only gets better. I'm look at his spring stats. I know, but he had a three and a half ERA. That's really good. He also in our walked. He also walked 89 guys last year. You got to imagine that comes down. I, I think I, that could come down. I've got the his control rate. at 50 right now. That is. Heads and it was 40 last year. Uh, I, I love Chris Jones. I think he's really good, and I think he could be a five-war pitcher. But you can't really bank on an ERA lower than three and a half. I mean, that's what Alvarado gives you every year, and we praise him like he's Jesus. Three I mean, and a half hey, ERA is if, really, if really Michael, good. If Michael Prettyman can do that, so can Chris Jones have Gerinos. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, I, I think you're downplaying how good he is. Like, he, like he's going to be a top five pitcher in this league I, I can assure you that he will and, and in my He's part a, I, my, my defense I say already has number seven all right all right, all right. Take okay turns, now guys. my defense is also what you're downplaying it was awful last year like my outfield was terrible right well my defense is way better this year yeah Chris Jones had a Whitney Linfoot yes you're welcome I, I gave you 10 percent <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, we mentioned that on the pod, and about 20 minutes later, there was a trade done. But anyway, Chris Jones, like I said, he's going to get better. The walks are probably going to drop. But he's had a, he had a super low Babbitt last year, and it led to a super low ERA. Uh, three and a half ERA is just as good as it gets. I mean, that was fifth in the East. You can't bank on a guy getting much better than top five if he's already that. And uh, yeah, he'll probably pitch better by like the advanced shit. But for what he actually did... How many innings he gave and how many runs he gave up, it's probably not going to get much better. That's not a knock on him at all. It's just saying three and a half ERA is really, really good. And the same goes for Ted Foley. I don't see any of these five guys pitching much, be- much better than they did last year. And, well, and Foley's part- been consistent. Now, he's been con- now, th- now his ERA was, was two, two years ago was 3.8. Last year's was only about a half run better. So it's not like it was a full run better. So. All right, well, 
Okay. Fully, I mean, again, I fully from 2013 to 16 is, is it, when you just look at the peripherals is about as consistent as you can get. The home runs per nine fluctuate by a half. The whip fluctuates by a tenth. The Ks through nine fluctuate by less than a than less than half, and the walks per nine fluctuate by less than point three. Yeah, I'm I not mean, talking about talk here though. Just look at the ERA. You know, it did jump seven, seven, uh, point seven points last year. That's significant. Uh, three three six ERA just is really rare. Um, I think he can be consistent, but his ERA is probably going to be around four. Like that makes the team worse. Well, I think the I think the wild card is going to be Nemeth. Is what does Nemeth provide? Is he going to go back to shit? Well, or... the real Nick Nemeth, please stand up. I think and I saw will... the real Nick Nemeth last year. Right, and I want and I've talked to to you about this in in Slack that my catcher has eighty ability, and and I think that helps the the average guys get better and last year was bender's first year first full year behind the plate yeah yeah and he he's gonna he's gonna frame a pitch and hit a home run and that's what i want him to do and he's gonna do literally nothing else yeah yeah he's he's gonna be interesting he did have a good postseason though uh yeah but he was here last year it's not like the team's getting better where did the pirates get better from last year I, i think the defense is better i'm not saying we're the best team in sky i just think you're you're kind of giving us a a little bit of a you know i i guess this is it this is a team that won 89 games last year that osa has pegged for 76 this year yeah i mean i don't don't think think we're 76 i don't i think we are a 91 team i you look at the route at at pelton and and the avenger and foley and nemeth and jimenez who else has that besides the indians I don't know, man. I think, I think rotation, you're overselling think, a little bit. Well, isn't that isn't that his job as GM of the uh, of the team? Uh, sure, of course, of course. And, but it's uh, a weird rotation. Well, it's I, a lot of like low movement guys, and that's Jimenez, why, like Jimenez should never be pitching in Baltimore or and, Cincinnati. But if and, you get, and we limit where we limit where he pitches. All right. Well, I I can see that because last year Pittsburgh had the best record in baseball at home, and they were absolutely horrible on the road. And I don't know. It's just when you have volatility that big between home and road splits and you have guys with 20 movement and you have guys with 30 control pitching in your rotation, it makes for volatility. And I look at what they did last year and I don't think it can get much better. Um, I think you guys are an 80 something win team, but to think you guys are going to get better or pitch better or do anything better is hard to imagine considering how good they pitched last year. I'd also like to note that this is the first year since 2001 that Nate Fort does not enter the season as a member of the Pittsburgh Pirates organization. That's yeah. very sad, too. Very, like very sad. He hasn't signed yet, has he? Nope. He is currently a free agent asking for a mi- uh, minor league deal with a major league option. Right, hopefully no one signs him. I'm sure someone will now that we're doing this pod because someone's an asshole. Nate Fort doesn't <laughs> belong in, the, in Sky anymore. Just well, let him retire. We have an offer out. We have an offer out. Hopefully he signs it. But yeah, it was hard to let him go. He's been really, really good. But it's the end of his career. You know, I I know another team is kind of looking at him, but I'm praying he 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 comes back to us on a minor league deal. Ugh, what is there to look at? He's washed. I don't know how anyone would want this guy now. Yeah. 
I mean, I think all right. it's all by all means sign him just to play defense and let him be a pirate, but he should not see the major leagues. I agree. I agree. It's it's more I don't want him to go to the Orioles or something, you know. All right. Are we done with Pittsburgh? Yep. Sure. Let's move on to Virginia. We see the same thing about Virginia every year is that it's an interesting team. I don't know. I don't know, man. I have rode the Virginia uh, bandwagon alone for the last three years. It has gotten me absolutely nowhere. Yeah. Jake, Jake, I am off that bus. I cannot quit the Virginia Black Bears. They're so consistent, too. They win 82 games every fucking year and miss the playoffs and – I then mean, we, look at the last four years. They've won 82 games, 80 games, 84 games, 83 games. I know. You know yeah. what you're getting from this team. And, fuck, I think this year 83 wins might be enough. I don't disagree with you. Again, this is an outfield that I don't think a lot of teams talk enough about. Chris Walker is a legit player of the year candidate. Yeah, I mean, he won the Silver Slugger last year. Really special. He's in OSA 65-65. High contact guy, had an 861 OPS last year, four and a half wars, going to play great defense in left field. Jeff Perucci is a very fun player. <laughs> Barely hit his fun. I thought you were going to say good. Glad you caught yourself. <laughs> Barely hit his body weight last year, but still OPS above 800 and had two and a half war uh, because he was plus five in right field. You've got Jimmy Durham, who was a half war player between his time in AAA and, and Virginia, but I think he's a he's a quality player. And then you've got Michael Tapp who had five war last year playing center field for Virginia. Not to mention they bring back Jose Casillas, who had one and a half war last year uh, in 57 games because he got hurt. But the three years prior, uh, about an 850 OPS across those four years, uh, three years, excuse me, and 12 war. I, I cannot, again, I cannot quit the Virginia Black Bears. I'm right there with you. And Oh, and before I forget, before I forget, Francisco Sagastume is the best player that should not be good. All right. So you're with me. You're with me. This guy sucks, right? The ratings say he sucks. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. My scout is so low on him. It's like comically low, 10 points lower than OSA on every category. And he just keeps performing. And considering he was a former Brave, it just bites me. It just kills me. My scout as well. He's got him. So low on every category. Yeah. Berto Scout must love him because uh, I think he threw him out. He got an MVP vote on Kiefer's little uh, little survey. So I don't know. Maybe maybe we're crazy. That's I'm starting to just think that I'm just wrong because he's done it three straight years and been really productive. Really, what I want to know is what is the plan? Like he's got all these guys, he's got Tab and Walker. And, the, and these guys are all making a lot of money now, right? Well, either go all, all in or or sell everybody off because you're ideally a middle-of-the-pack team. Maybe you get lucky and you win a couple more games, but that rotation is not what it used to be. Sward, yeah. is, Sward is average. Flores is old. He's getting old and he's not as good. You know, you got... Cervantes, who is a bona fide stud, but love I love Jordan Cervantes. Yes, but I mean Mitch Horn looks he he looks okay, but he's low no low movement. Uh, 
Like, what is you like? What is the plan here? This, is, you, are, this is Virginia. You just summed them up. Do they need to put Roseman Macias back in the rotation? Oh, they might have oh, to. Oh, I don't know about and, that. And, and he can't get lefties out. Like, he cannot get lefties out to save his life. But I will tell you, at least he's got a closer now. Look I at, love Antonio Villanueva. Uh, yeah, he moves the needle, doesn't he? But he's got a closer, finally. He's got a closer. Antonio Villanueva was not talked about enough last year. We, we, but, know the bi- we know the big guns in the East. We know Fralick. We know Basinger. Antonio Villanueva, 24 years old, turned 25 in June. In 75 innings last year, had a 1-4-4 ERA, 29 saves, 10.7 Ks through 9, and a whip below 1. Not to mention a war close to 3. That, my friends, is sexy. Yeah, I mean, it was the first good year he had, and he finished second in reliever of the year voting. So... I think people do are kind of taking notice that uh, he's an anchor for sure. The the whole problem is that he doesn't have anything else around him. Is Macias going to be a, a bullpen arm now? Maybe he's good. Maybe he's not. And I but think he's there, making $11 million to be a, a reliever now. There's a guy that we haven't mentioned yet. And it's because he's noted as a reliever, but he may be the, the next ace of this rotation. Cortez Valdez. Oh, I thought you were going to say Mason Morgan. No. Cortez Valdez is very, very good. Is very, very good. Oh yeah. boy! Oh, have I you just not clicked seen this guy. Yeah, he's oh, special. I have not seen. Look at that, a scouting guy. Great. Yeah, every good player Virginia's ever got has been a discovery. Oh, I wonder. I'm going to send him a, a message, seeing if he's available for trade. Holy! I promise geez. you, he is not. Trust me. Oh my available. lord! You know um, who he looks like? He looks like Jesus. But better. He does. Oh, Jesus Rivera. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. I thought you were making a joke. I was. No. I didn't oh. get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's left-handed. That's two. Don't oh, sleep he... on that because that changes things also. He's as good as it gets. And oh, yeah. he doesn't have an injury history. Yeah, he's 24. And, and he's been. The, the thing with these scouting discoveries, they can still get hurt while they're in the. Um, they, they can still get, like, these little flus and stuff while they're in the international system. And Valdez came up. Uh, how long ago did he come up? He started pitching in 2010 at the age of 17. In 2010, he's been a professional for seven years, and he's only gotten a stomach virus. Okay, I'm going to backtrack on this. Okay, he's got – now he's got a rotation. He's, he's got a rotation. He has a lineup. Yeah, okay, I didn't see this guy. He's got him as a reliever, so I, he's not in the rotation. Oh boy! Yeah, I mean, Virginia, let's say let's that, say you get that, a let's say you get a things. good version of Roseman Macias. Then you've got Cervantes Valdez, Flores yes. Cervantes Sword, or Val. Uh, sorry, let me rephrase that. Cervantes Flores Macias Valdez Sword with Horn as your sixth. That's that, a, that's a pitching staff right there. With no bullpen, but Juan Nuria is almost ready. But yeah, there's very there are very few bullpen pieces. It's Mason Morgan and uh, Juan Nuria. Is Morgan outside any good? of Illinois? Is Morgan he's, any good? He's eh. fine. He's a middle side end. armor though. He's a side armor. But the weird thing about Virginia is, uh, you know, I was talking about Baltimore and I said, hey, maybe if you just get lefties, you could like avoid the lefty home run ball. If you're a righty side armor here, it's it doesn't work as good. Uh, this is like a weird park. Uh, righties cannot hit home runs in this park. 
I think it's the only one really like that that's that extreme, which is kind of why he got rid of John Morgan and is replacing him with Bremer, who is a guy I think can hit pretty damn good. I don't think that there's a lot of holes in the lineup either. There's not a lot of sex appeal in the lineup, but it's solid. It's very solid. They're going to win 83 games, right? Do we think they're better um, than that? If he can get a bullpen arm, I would be a little bit more comfortable, but I like the rotation all of a sudden. Yeah, there's just not big weaknesses. There's not a lot of star power outside of those two starting pitchers, but they're Virginia. I think it's just yeah. the same team, same win total. They're going to finish third or fourth, depending on if uh, Pittsburgh shows up or not. I, I've, I'm two for four over the last four years in calling the Black Bears. We're going to see if we can make it three for five this year. Yeah, I think I'm right there with you on this train. I like it. All right. Um, that brings Washington to the plate, and it's going to be a battle between Washington, Cincinnati, and, and Philadelphia to the bottom of the, the, bottom of the Atlantic. Oof. It's kid. Uh, there are. It looks like three, three legit sky pieces here. At least that have uh, past production. Uh, maybe four. You've got Jesse Capuccio, uh, who I have on good authority. By the time we're done recording this pod, will no longer be a member of the Washington Nationals. Really, Gregorio Azara, uh, Jamie Johnson, Adam Frazier. Shane Kinder. Outside of that, a lot of question marks. Yeah, what about the Adam, hammer? Again, I'm Eric not a Hammer, hammer was, guy. He, he he wasn't good. He was not good last year at all. Um was great in fifteen and double A. But again, last year it was ugly. Yeah, I'm not sold on Hammer. And one of those pieces, Adam Frazier, it's pretty darn clear that he's gonna be traded to when uh when he's eligible, whatever that is, mid May or something. So I don't think this Nationals team is – the pieces they have I think are going to leave, which makes them destined for the seller. I think they're my least favorite of the bunch. Adam Frazier may be as consistent as Ted Foley. Again, just look at these last four years, and it looks like just the stat line has been copy and pasted. Offensively, for sure. Defensively, it's been weird. It's kind of bounced around. I don't know I'm how – I'm surprised he has he never won a gold glove just based on the ratings. Yeah, I only have 65 range for him. I've got is, 70, as does OSA. Like I said, it's a little weird, his uh, defensive ratings, because he's bounced around. I mean, one year he had just plus three zone rating. Last year he was plus 10. I don't know. I don't know what you're going to get. If he's not an elite glove, then he's probably not that special. But he's going to get, I think, a, a healthy return for him when he moves him. I mean, he's, he's a league average hitter that is elite defensively. Which plays at shortstop. And a captain. Don't sleep on that either. So, I mean, that I mean, you look at the difference between, say, Adam Frazier and Nate Boville, who for all intents and purposes are very similar players. That's really the only difference between Frazier and Boville. Is what? That and that Frazier's shown that he can hit. Is that Frazier's at least a positive in the locker room? Because I believe Boville's selfish. He is, um, yeah. But Frazier's a captain, and he's shown that he can consistently hit to the tune of a 750 OPS. Yeah, I mean, Frazier's a better hitter, better person, but he doesn't match the glove that Boville has. I think I think people are going to expect gold glove production from Frazier, and I'm worried they might not get it. Does Does Alamo end up at shortstop in Washington by the end of 2017? I hope so. I think you're making a mistake if you don't at least try it. 
Because what do you have to lose? Yo, no, you're right. I don't think he sticks there at all. Man, I think I think some people might be surprised what 70 range can do. Um, I wish the double play was a little higher. Like I can live with the 45 air, but I I do think he's probably destined to be a, a third baseman if he wants to really succeed. But considering how hard shortstops are to find, fuck. If a guy's just a couple points negative at shortstop and is a monster hitter, then it's probably worth it. I mean, you know what this, again, I'm going to make a pro comp here again. Tell me if I'm off base here. This sort of reminds me of Javi Baez. A little bit. A little bit. Certainly when you see the uh, absolutely no discipline. But, I mean, if you if you play it all offline, it's a very similar sort of build. The low air, high range, high arm, high contact, low discipline type of guy. Yeah, the difference is Alamo's power is kind of to be determined. If the power comes in, then Alamo is going to be really, really special. Are I you, don't are know. You, do you see him hitting home runs, Jake? So he had 11, sorry, he had 14 across double A and triple A last year. Um, I'm throwing the triple A numbers out the window for solid reason. I see him becoming a 20 home run a year guy. I, I see it because the power has been climbing a bit. It hasn't been stagnant at 20, not to mention OSA already has him at 45. Yeah. And if he hits that, they, they have him at that 65 ceiling and that's fuck. That's 35 home runs. That is hobby bias, if you get that. It's interesting. He's had a lot of good dev reports. I'm sad I'm uh, he's not in Atlanta. But I'm starting to get more optimistic. I've always kind of been an Alamo hater, even though he's been my, my best spec. But it was hard for me to give him up. I think he can be really, really good. You know what? Actually, I'm looking at, at, at his roster. It's not as th- bad as I thought it was going to be. Brad Russ, to my scout, looks pretty darn good. The only issue is that he can't defend. Right. He He's a DH. But he can hit. Looks like pretty good. But, I mean, why is Shane Kinder on this team? Same like, reason Mike Gomez is on the Reds. I don't understand. Why if you're not? Gonna, if you're going to sell, then don't sign Shane Kinder. Like, I, don't, I have to look at the contract. I'm going to look at it right now. The contract isn't horrible. It might just be one of those moves that. Oh, you know what? It's basically a one-year deal. It's basically it's two, it's two years, thirteen million, with that second yeah. year being a player option. That's that's a that's a player that if he has a good first half of the season, he could bring back a haul. He he turns into he turns into a pirate. Yeah. Um, fun fact about Shane Kinder: one-time All-Star, four-time postseason series MVP. I know, really cool. I I was sad to see him leave Seattle. He just said he'd kind of become the face of that offense, even though it wasn't always the best player. But yeah, when I think, when I think Kinder, I think Seattle. Of course. Yep. All right. Anything more to talk here about the nationals? I don't think so. They they actually got a couple pitchers that look pretty good. Um, Doster to my scout looks like a number one. Troy Doster. Wow. Yeah. He's one of those high OSA guys. OSA loves him. Yeah. So, Um, I mean, He's got something there. Now he's 24 and he looks like he's still raw and he's got a closer in Bullock. So, I mean, it's not going to be all bad, but yeah, I, th- I think they're going to be bad this year, but the, the futures, 
fairly bright, especially when you think about Cappuccino is going to get him some stuff. Frazier's going to get him quite a bit. Like he might have a really, really solid farm at the end of the year. Jake, um, he's not going to the Angels, is he? He's going to the Angels. Fucking hell. There's still time. You can message him right now. Steal him. <laughs> Let's put it this way. We put in an offer. All right. Leave it at that. With with what? Andy Rogers <laughs> and a 14th round pick. All right. Enough Nationals. Enough, enough Atlantic. All right. Uh, well, we're not done with the Atlantic yet. We got to make some predictions. All right. Jason, you're the newbie. You're going to lead us off. How do you see the Atlantic shaping up? One to eight. All right. I'm going to have to like my throat, Scott, and throw up in it, but I'm going to have to pick Atlanta in first, followed by those cunt pirates. Whoa, uh, over the Orioles. I, I'm i a little down on the Orioles. I think their pitching is not going to be as good. I have right. the Orioles in third. And actually, if I would have seen the that Virginia guy, I might have picked them. But I got them in fourth, followed by the fucktards, Washington, the Reds, and I'm sorry, Trent, but I got I got your team in last. Dearich? Uh, I like Atlanta first. I like Baltimore second. And just like the preseason predictions, I see a big gap after those first two. Uh, the next three I think are tricky. I almost could put them in any order. I am going to get on the Virginia bandwagon, have them finish third. And oh, only, because, only because I think Jason is going to spend money and make a move, I think he's going to finish fourth. Otherwise, in its current state, I think I'd have to go with the Marlins over him. But he's going to make a trade, so Marlins fifth. I like Cincinnati sixth, Philadelphia seventh, and Washington eighth. Just because so Washington's going to keep selling. We've all been loving this Marlins team. This is the team that OSA has pegged for the worst record in baseball. All right, Kronk wasn't on the team at the time of the predictions. Or was he not? He had to have been. He had I don't to think been. he was. I think he was in DFA, so he, they didn't count him on the 40-man. Oh, that could be. There is no way. Finishes. Regardless. There's no way. I'm with uh, Deerich here. I'm going Braves 1, Orioles 2, and I cannot quit the Virginia Black Bears. I'm going with the Black Bears in third. Hop on this bandwagon because I think this team can be good for a while. There are some solid young pieces on this Virginia team. Uh, Following the Black Bears are going to go Pittsburgh, then the Marlins, and then Nationals, Reds. Phillies. It's, okay, it's a top, I hate you it's both. A, it's I a hate top, you both. It's, it's a top. It's a top two, and then everyone else. It really is. But it's fine. We knew you hated us. Yeah. All right. Who's ready to head up north? I am. Let's go. Okay, we're gonna start out with uh, ugliness. Beantown. Oh boy. Uh, we uh, we talked about Juan Viruetta as just someone that was a fun guy to watch. And he was fun. He did what we thought he was going to do. Struck at 11 per nine, gave up one and a half home runs per nine, and walked more than five. So that was about what we expected from Viruetta. Um, Wasn't great. Had .6 war. Um, And that may be the bright spot of this team. Yeah. Yep. Um, You know, I don't know. I think they do have – they could score a decent amount. Dave Carrico still on the payroll in the five year of his four-year deal. You know how many games he's played for Boston the first three years of the deal? No, I don't. 211. Oh, that's, that's actually way higher than I thought it'd be. I he thought we were played 33 games last year. No, but he did play 33 games last year. 
I think he's the original friend of the pod, also. Man, there's uh, a lot Nate, of injury-prone guys here, I man. think, I remember one of the first pods I did was with Trent when we did just a Sky Miners pod. And I think he loved talking about Dave Carrico on that pod. It's all he ever if loved I, talking about. If I remember that correctly. Oh, yeah. And what happened was so sad. Um, but another interesting point on Boston here, again, not something that pretty much anyone would know unless they looked at it, a signed Amari Dantignac. Dante is back with Boston. Yeah, I think a, he's trying to just sell a the twenty overall. He's twenty, a 20 overall. Overall, Amari. That Dante. is worse than Matt Kirkland. He's still going to strike guys out though, isn't he? Oh no, no, no. I think he no. still gets a shitload more strikeouts than you think. He struck no. out a lot last year at AAA. Like a, a lot last year at AAA. Um, but. There are some solid relief pieces, uh, at the least, if not for the future. Greg Williams is a solid relief pitcher. Cortez Castaneda, Joe Mulvihill, and Justin Culver all have potential. And then they have the relief version of Juan Viruet in the form of Kenny Bridal, um, who is going to strike out the world, walk a decent amount, and give up home runs, as he did in Detroit last year. Is is this a let the kids play, or is it just find kids to actually play? I think you got it right there. I'm oh, looking right. at I'm looking at this team, and I'm like, find me 50 wins. I don't. I think this is still. I'm still in tank mode. I mean, he signed Matt Angel for some reason. He signed O'Brien. I mean, he's got some players, but. Like, I couldn't – like, I'm looking at the lineup. I don't know any of these guys. Yeah, I, I think mean, the ceiling's probably 60 wins. Uh, what's weird is we did that midseason pod. They were on pace for the worst record ever. And then they just went on a tear the last two months. I think they had the second or third best record in the North. They went 30-22 and 22 down the stretch and kind of showed a little bit of life. So that gives me a little hope. Um, I just don't think the rotation can – they pitched well during that stretch, and I just don't think that's going to repeat. What do you guys see in Nate DaCosta? Is he Wait. is he their center fielder of their future? I think so, yeah. I think we, they, have, we, they have some outfield pieces that are nice. We have DaCosta with 65 potential. Could be because he's a former California spec. Really? Um, yeah, we love Nate DaCosta. Yeah, he's got a sneaky good outfield, or decent outfield if you want to say that, because uh, Mercati's kind of the same way. A pretty decent young player who might be really productive. Now, the, the veterans he signed are all injury-prone, and I'm worried about that. Uh, one guy actually I want to talk about is Dwayne Brooks. Yeah, I was going to bring him up. He's a first baseman, Rule 5 pick. He was first overall in the Rule 5 pick, and no one ever wants to get that pick taken away because then you feel like you're fucked up. And Jake, this yes. was a former California Angels spec. This is a you're, former California Angels spec. You are correct. This is on purpose that you let Dwayne Brooks go. This was on purpose. If you look at my team, I have a glut of first basemen. And you look at Brooks. You see what he did in 2015. You see you see what he did there. There was a reason I had to send him down to double A's because he was dog shit in triple A last year. And when you've got – I had, which we'll mention eventually, John Taylor, Javier Castillo, Justin Ross, Dave Oster, who can all play first base. I just didn't see – Dwayne Brooks fit sitting fitting. He, I'm just he surprised looks I didn't really see him on good. The he, he looks good to me. 
Look, a first baseman with speed, sign me up. He kind of reminds me of uh, Bobby Miranda in Montreal. Like a platoon DH guy with not a lot of power. But he's going to hit for contact. He runs pretty good. There's a lot to like about him. And we like we like Dwayne Brooks. We do. But I don't think I, I'm going to lose any sleep over losing him in the Rule 5. Oh, I hope you do. I hope he haunts you. Oh, he, wasn't, he was never on the trade block, was he? No. Man, you could have got something, I'll tell you that much. You cost Jake, yourself a fifth round. Jake, as bad as your farm is, how can you let this guy go? Seriously. Well, he has minor league options, too. It's just weird. Again, we probably could have stashed him on the 40-man. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Not, to, I mean, we have among guys that I can currently play at first base between Major League and AAA. I think I probably have seven guys that can do it. I have him so, with 70, 70 contact. I only have him at 60, and we love Dwayne Brooks. All right. You don't love him like the rest of the league, then. Because I know Boston's excited. I'm excited. Jason's excited. This one might haunt you a little bit. And if he has 70, if he has 70 contact, and so be it. But he has come up through the system. We have had him at 60 contacts all throughout. All right. Maybe time to up that scouting budget, buddy. <laughs> Hey, we we have had these. I don't think I've touched my scouting either budget or the way that I allocate anything since I joined in 2000 in after the 2001 season. Yeah, I've not shocking. touched a thing since then. Oh, I tinker with it like nobody's business. Anyway. I have the same amount of money put into each of the things. I have the same amount of total scouting budget. I have the same scout. I have not touched a thing since 2002. For the last 15 years, I've just let Jerry do his thing. Might be time to get off autopilot when we. Anyway, Red Sox, I think they might be a little better than you guys are giving them credit for, albeit still bad. Um, if what's, what's, stays what's, their, what's their ceiling? 65 wins? Probably something in that range, yeah. Yeah. I, I still look at the – who's pitching? That's Is Juan, Juan Viroleta, baby. The pitching's bad. Is Willie Thiel really going to be a starter? No, he no, can't. no. He can't. No. That's just a spring training – Fuck it move, I think, because he's got to be the worst player I've ever seen on a Oh, my roster. God. <laughs> yeah, it's the worst. Hey, he's, he's not paying him, is he? Let's not forget, they also, trade, they also traded for Dan Luciani. Not only did they trade for him, they didn't get anything with him. They were just like, hey, it's okay to say, hey, we'll take him. All right, it was, they basically gave him a dollar. A waiver they didn't, like, claim. It, was, it was basically a waiver claim. And yeah, he breaks his whatever. hand and spring training is out four months. I mean, you had to see it coming. But oh, again, easily. Fuck it. I, I don't actually mind that move because really it doesn't do anything. I mean, fuck. you take it, you you take a chance. and. I mean, the only reason I mention that is because he Luciani is a negative asset. With the money he was making, he could have gotten something attached to Luciani. Maybe it was just something like an eighth or tenth round pick. Yeah, but you're he's a right negative there. asset. But uh, Boston spent a ton of money in international amateurs. That means they can't spend it all this year. So the money for them really is dead. So whatever. So at this point, salary dumps. Yeah, he certainly could have tried to get something more. But he's an expiring deal, so I don't know what kind of stuff you were really going to get in return. Maybe something if Matt was really desperate, but whatever. Uh, I'm not going to criticize it too much. Shout out Mike Mondi, whose OSA's ratings have stayed constant. Let's see if he can have a good year. Uh in full season ball. Uh, let's move on to Cleveland. Thank you. 
do, do they have the best pitching staff in baseball? Hundred percent. Oh yeah. It's, I, it's not. It's, I don't think it's close. I don't think it's close. I think they, like twenty minutes ago you said the Pittsburgh Pirates staff was close to the Indians staff. I, I said they I were, did. I, I might did. Have said that. I, from the from a rotation standpoint, I can see it being similar, especially if Rory Shockey isn't the eighty eighty that OSA has him. Even without Shockey, I think it's just this is the best staff, regardless. Well, the biggest right. difference I think here is the 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 bullpen is so deep, well, so deep. The rotation might go seven or eight deep, seriously. Seven to eight deep of actual of, sky quality pitchers, above not that. just can start yeah. in a pinch, but number four, number five guys on a good rotation. He can put Mike Hughes in the bullpen and not blink an eye. Yeah, and he did last year, and it paid off. Yeah. Hughes is actually he, – uh, He's got so many pitchers. Kyle Walzer, so many. It's, 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 it's gross. All right. I know we can, like, just jerk off Grayson for five minutes, but uh, what if they traded Mike Hughes? This is what I was thinking about the Indians, and I was thinking about Nate Riley and thinking that, man, that would be a good fit here. Uh, Cleveland doesn't have a lot of hitters. They could use an extra bat. Their DH at the moment is not terrific. Kevin Morris, you know, whatever. So Mike, Mike Hughes. Mike Hughes Wait. is locked up for a long time. If he's, he's not, not rotation, eligible to be traded until May. I want to point that out. Oh, I, I didn't even know he signed that extension. He signed that extension after the season ended last year, so he is not eligible to be traded until May. That's interesting because that's a big deal. They gave him $70 million, and he was a bullpen piece for them last year. So I don't know what his plan is with Hughes. Is he back to the pen? Is he back to the rotation? It's a lot to pay a closer. I got to believe he, he's going to be a starter at that money. Yeah, but then who leaves the rotation? I don't know, because I got to think you have to have Morales. You have to have Craig. Corporate. The only other one is Shockey who can go. So maybe that's it. Maybe you send Shockey to the pen. I don't know. But Shockey, as you've mentioned, is the number three pitcher in baseball, according to OSA. Yeah, which is really hard to ignore. And, and, and my scout is a believer. You believe in the changeup? It's I think I hold on. Let me click on it. I know I'm going to click on corporate. I got I mean, it at 50. I got it at 52. Yeah, and that's tough. That's right on the cusp. And he's, he might he's be 20, good enough to where it doesn't 26, matter. So it could, it could pop again, but I had an older pitch like that just to have another changeup boost today. Yeah, it happens sometimes. Um, but I, I see mean, Jeff, things. Jeff, Jeff Craig was one of those late bloomers. That's true. He hit. He started hitting the, on the rise about 26 years old. So I guess we'll see in the next year or two what Shockey is. Uh, that definitely changes the trajectory of the whole team. Like if you're a- able to add another top five pitcher in the whole league, and he, that can't be undersold. He's just got so much pitching. He does, and he also has – if you look at his salary page, it's kind of scary. All these guys are locked up long-term. He has one of the top payrolls in wow, the league. yeah. I mean, he's paying $160 million in 2019. That's wild. And that's with Shockey not on the books for, for that year. Really scary. I think he's going to have to cut some salary, and Mike Hughes is my first thought. Like, I would love to see him be able to trade Hughes, and somehow, I guess he can't now. This is a dead dream. But I loved the thought of Nate Riley in Cleveland. I guess we're not going to get it. 
But that's the only thing to talk about with the Indians. They're good. Well, Shockey signed for next year. So. But not for 2019. Yeah, well, by then he'll lose Ibarra, he'll lose Rollins, he'll lose Harker. So, I mean, he, he should be okay. He'd have to turn down a bunch of team options to do it. Yeah. I don't – I think he's going to be good for a long while. Shit. I mean, it's the Indians. They're, they're super rock solid. And, I mean, they're – yeah, we don't give Grayson enough credit for being as consistent as he has been over the last 10, 15 seasons. It's an awesome team. This, and this is a question I asked D-Rich earlier today. Jason, this is a question I asked D-Rich earlier today. So outside of D-Rich, because we, we know what D-Rich has gone through, is Grayson the best GM to never make the SES? Ooh, that's a good one. Well, you got to think, who else would it be besides me and Grayson? What other team has made the playoffs this many times? Right. Who's who's made the finals? I think so. I, I'd have to. I mean, you could say Amin's been really good. But he's he been, made the SES. Oh, I'm talking about a team that has never made okay, the SES. Yeah, he, he made it last year. He made it last year. You're right. Yeah. Like, it's Birdo. You know what? It's got to be Grayson. It's, it's Grayson be. and it's D-Rich. Among the, the quote-unquote great regular season GMs to have never made – and that's yes. When I say this, I mean consistent regular season results. I'm not talking about any sort of personal vendetta against any GMs. I'm talking about year right. in, year out. This is a team that performs well in the regular season. Yeah, and, and just hasn't gotten over the playoff. He's super quiet on Slack. He doesn't talk a lot, and you know he doesn't trade a lot. So yeah, he's he he's quality. He's quality he's, for he's, sure. He's Brandon if Brandon didn't have any rings. <laughs> yeah, fucking. I don't know. Grayson's made the playoffs 11 out of the last 14 years. It's It's been a very, very successful run. He does deserve more credit, and I think it's cool that he builds the team differently. Uh, we talk bad about pitchers who don't have change-ups. Like, oh, man, this Alexi Morales type, he sucks, he's a reliever. But sometimes those guys pan out, and Cleveland has just hoarded those players over I, and over I, and over. And he is still reaping the benefits of the Ron Leffler trade from 2009. Yep. Jordan Busby, Miguel Carrillo, and Josh Corpening all came over in that deal and are all major parts of this current team. Yeah, it's funny. We actually, you know, we talked about that trade as Carrillo and a bunch of scraps. Turns out the scraps pretty damn good. You know, Corpening was a guy we talked about. Man, if the that changeup change comes in. in, yeah, if, if, if. But if you have 10 of those guys, a couple of them are going to pan out. And next thing you know, you have a rotation that looks like the Cleveland Indians. Has very, all very of his guys had to change up? Shockey. Almost, yeah. Almost all, all of them. Yeah. And there's some I mean, guys Ignacio, the who look good. Who Ignacio Morales just came out of absolutely nowhere. Yeah, that was a, a fortunate – that was just a fortunate play. I mean, he was a minor league pickup, a scrap that no one wanted to sign for three months or something. I mean, when when Steve was saying in Slack, like, I want a young ace that doesn't get hurt. Like, this is the only guy that fits that mold right now. Ignacio Morales. Yeah. And even he he gets hurt. I'm I'm really glad we at least got to see a healthy year out of him. Yeah. And and in return, he's going to be a scroll guy for sure. He's going to be a scroll guy. But pitch of the year last year at the age of in his age uh, of 24 in his age 23 season. Pretty awesome. All anyway, right. Uh, we talked about, about the Indians. 
No, talk about the pitching. Uh, Blake Garrido at the back end, a whole bunch of good relievers in there. John Corona, Taylor Colson. Uh, I mean, Taylor Colson does not is another if the changer comes in type of guy. Like he's yeah. someone that could start and be a good start. They have Doug Bromley, they have Sean Harker, Dustin Martinez, Antonio Olage, David Tenorio. So many pitchers. And then on offense, it's Busby, it's Hector Ibarra, it's Miguel Carrillo, it's Ramon Alfaro, it's Kevin Marr, and the one of the quietest superstars in baseball, Blake Spence. I think this they is, could use another bat. That's about it. I this think, is, you you tell ahead. me you tell me Cleveland wins the most games in baseball this year. I'm not surprised at all. Absolutely no, absolutely. If, if I could wish one thing, he would take three of these pitchers and go get that stud. Like when when the fucktards suck and Joe Cronk's on the trade block, make the trade. Yeah, it's tough with with his salary constraints. I mean, he has to package someone who makes fifteen million for someone who makes nothing. Right. Well, really if you throw work. Hughes, if you, I mean, make it work. You know, I'm, it, it's it's very tough. Uh, their budget is maxed out. I think he has one of the biggest payrolls in baseball and not the biggest budget. It's it's kind of tricky. Uh, I wish they had another bat, but whatever. They're going to be good. Pitch, with this pitching, it's not going to matter all that much. It's kind of surprising though. Uh, they've been this good for a while. They haven't won 90 games with this core. Like, are we overselling them? Because they they win 88 every year. Shouldn't they be better? I I think I I think they'll be fine. I mean, no, I think they're I, a playoff team, but they haven't they haven't won 90 games the last three seasons, and we've been jerking off their rotation every. 87, year. 88, 89. That's that's three one run games right there. So it's not All like right. they're winning 80 games. I they they won 93 the, the two years prior. Like if you take the average of the last five years, it's an average of 90 wins on the nose. Yeah, and I think we talk about them like they're a hundred win team. Looking at them, they they look like a hundred win team, but they just but, never have done it. You're right. They have not ever done it. But if there's a year, I think this is the year. All right. Anything more with Cleveland? No. Nope. Good. Let's head to Detroit. Uh, we were right on the nose of them last year. They were going to hit, and they were not going to be able to pitch. You know what their team ERA last year was? Tell me. A bazillion? 602. The Six Club. They joined Very the Six Club. Six Club. That's rough. And uh, You want to know why, uh, Jake? They joined the Six Club? Why did they join the Six Club? Well, not only did their pitchers all suck, uh, just ignore that for a second, because that is true. We talked about their pitching being bad. But the six club is a, a, almost impossible to reach, unless you have the worst infield of all time. Their infield defense in the middle was minus 40 zone rating. Is that, that is good, D-Rich? 31st in zone rating was like minus 30. Their infield alone, in like just Goudreau at shortstop, and Souders at short at second base. And Souders only played 40 games. They combined for negative 40. They're not this bad. The Souders Tigers pitchers aren't good, but they ain't that games bad. was minus 19 and a half. Yeah, gosh. It His was infield range is down to 30. And he played like it. I mean, it's worse. it was worse than Miles Hill. Miles he Hill was like 35. He had an 860 OPS and a 121 OPS plus. He did very similar things in 2014 and had three war. 
last year with a slightly better OPS and a slightly better OPS plus had 0.6 war. Yeah, it's it was just Eric fucked up. Eric fucked last season up by playing you, him. That. You know what? You know what? Uh, what? Uh, what Trent would call it? Shit on ice. <laughs> he was shit on ice last year. Who else was and shit on ice? A Trent favorite, Jim Goudreau. Look at Jim him. Jim Goudreau. Take that a look. Was bad. Jim Goudreau was minus 2.2 war. He had an OPS plus of 62. Played all season at shortstop and was minus 20 there. Zone rating. That's it's as bad good. as we've ever seen a shortstop ever have a season. So you know what Eric did to combat that with shortstop? He did something smart. He went the complete opposite and went with Troy Motes at shortstop, a two-time gold glover. Uh, he has four years of service under his belt. He was non-tendered this past season. Jason, would you like to guess Troy Motes' career OPS? Mind you, he's playing in New York with the Yankees. Oh, is, nice it, is it under 55? It's career, not, not his career OPS plus, his career OPS. Oh, it's got to be under 600. He is a career 563 OPS plus and has a career batting average of 195. One of the worst hitters in the entire league. And Effort. I still love the signing for them. Yeah, he, he can play some defense and then uh, not much else. And when you, when you don't have good pitchers, having a shortstop makes a big difference. And they have the offense to make up for it. Uh, Do I they? Think just... I think so. What do you not like about the offense? It, it looks is, really deep. Is uh, well, I like Flint a lot, and Eric will not trade him. As he shouldn't. He's very good. Oh well, I mean, Mason He's Cox is very good. Mason, Mason Cox, Cox is is very Mason good. Mason Cox should have been traded about three years ago. Mason Cox is still good. I mean, is Salders any good anymore? I have massive uh, decline. I have massive decline on him. I, oh, he, he could still he hit. OPS 860 last year. I'm not concerned about him as a hitter. Is Sandoval going to be good in Detroit? I don't know. I mean, he's he's good, but uh, Comerica Park, as I know, is cavernous. So all those home runs are going to disappear. Yeah, but they go in the gaps, and then you run around the bases. Triples and, for days at Comerica. Yeah, it's and a fun, Sandoval it's a is part. not the most fleet of foot. It's okay, so doubles for days. Yeah. I like this offense a lot. I don't really see many weaknesses. I think the outfield's really strong. Uh, sucks about Ben Cochran. That was a big blow. But he can survive it. He had depth. Elijah Marshall can step in the corner. I know Eric loves Elijah Marshall. I do, too. Well, the first thing he needs to do is get, is get Troy Motes out of the leadoff spot. I'm I'm sure he will. I don't think uh, I think he'll make a change. Just weird spring training stuff. But I like Troy, the lineup Troy a lot. Is a, yeah. Uh, I would not be surprised if this is very similar to last year. They, if they score a few more runs and give up a, a few less, but this pitching staff is ugly. I do not see a single pitcher with an overall above 50. He signed so many pitchers this offseason too. He signed like a dozen free agents, hoping that some of them stick, and they're all 45 overall guys. I don't know. I mean, hey, like we've seen with uh, Justin Olsen, those 45, 50 overall guys can can survive. That's true. And if you have a defense, it, it helps. And the defense was actually going to be good. Um, just getting my... rid of Souders. Go ahead. Yeah. 
uh, my on this pitching staff, one of my favorite, I think, low key pitching signings they had this this past off season, and Jason knows him well. Jaden Clowder, Jason Clower, Jaden Clowers. Wow, I can't speak. He the the ratings are all there. He has pitched very well over the last four years. Has had success as a closer back in 2015. He's a reliever that could get moved to the deadline or get extended for himself. Yeah, I think that was part of his plan. Like I said, he it felt like he signed five or ten of these guys. I don't know how he's going to make cuts to uh, get it down to 26 because there's so many pitchers on this roster. I like Thompson in Detroit, though. Low movement, big park. I actually like that signing. Yeah, it's a he made a lot of them, and I like. I think I'm with you on Darius Johnson. I'll, he you could say friend of the pod for him. Yes, we'll he see. is. He is a friend of the pod. We'll see. Just remember. This team gave up almost a thousand runs last year. I don't that's know if that's good. the record. It might be. It the is record. not the record. There was a Cincinnati team in 2007, which I think oh. makes it even more impressive because that was pre-OTP 20 when offense soared. There was a Cincinnati team in 2007 that had a team ARA of 6.72. Jesus fucking Christ, Matt! <laughs> wow, 6.72, unbelievable. Now, 970 runs for the normal people is damn near unprecedented. That's so crazy. Negative 46 ZR as a team is fucking crazy. 40 of that was in their infield and those guys are gone and replaced with guys who can play defense. I mean, that I right there is, Oh, easily, easily. Yeah. I mean, they might all of a sudden, I don't hate this Tigers team that much. Uh, like I think they can hover around 500. Even with this pitching staff, as long as the defense holds its own, they can they can steal some wins. It's just a dip matter of like, is it the right decision to go out and sign David Sandoval? Does that push you to the next level? Does that make you a playoff team? I remember this was a team that had a team BABIP allowed of nearly 350. Crazy. 50 points higher than my BABIP. <laughs> Hard to imagine. I, I would not be surprised if this team won 75 games. Yeah, I mean, I mean we've seen we've seen them make the jump before. 2012, they won 50 games. The following year, they won 84. So it's not unprecedented for for Eric to have a team make a jump like that. Yeah, and the preseason predictions like them quite a bit. They have them in fifth in the division or fourth in the division. Really? That's not that, true at all. Fifth. Fifth at, fifth at 81 wins ahead yeah. of the Expos, ahead of the Yankees. Which isn't isn't bad. Uh, not to mention the best offense in the North. And I think that's fair. I think it is the best offense in the North. I like this offense a lot. In the North? Best offense oh. in the North. They projected for the most runs. Mind uh, you, it's by one over Toronto and four over the Indians. You kind... No, you got it right. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're totally right. Yeah, I think it is the best offense. The pitching's bad, but that can get you around 500. I, I think I short-selled the offense a lot. He's got a good lineup. It's not great, but... I don't know if it's the best in the North. I think the only true hole in the lineup is Moats. Everyone else in the lineup can can hit fairly decent. Um, maybe Sang Sang Jun Kim, who Eric has stated is a is a favorite in Detroit. Um, but no true poor hitters in this lineup outside of Moats. Yeah, and the the offense should be better, I would think, just by getting a full season out of Johnny Flint. He only played half the season last year and still was worth four war. I mean, he's one of the best players in baseball. Uh, if he gets a full season, watch out. Detroit might be a little sneaky. 
they're gonna have to win a lot of eight eight to six games and nine to eight games though i don't like the pitching staff a lot think a couple guys are okay but i think they're gonna give up a lot of runs all right all right we done with detroit sure let's head on to minnesota we this is another team that i can't quit i have the, the pod the pod in total cannot quit minnesota uh, I love from minnesota. trent from trent loving the rebuild to you loving the the trade for leffler or the signing of leffler um to to me loving the pieces they they're still using from the jeremy reese trade we cannot quit the minnesota twins and i think we got vindicated a little bit last year you know they didn't make the playoffs but they were good. They were a really good team. They should have you know, made the playoffs. Do you know what their Pythagorean record was last year? I do because only because I was going to bring it up. But go ahead, share ninety it. and sixty-six. Man, yeah, they were really the best team in the North last year, uh, in a lot of ways. And another did thing, they have got, the best. Did they have the best Pythagorean record in the uh, in the North last year? Toronto edged them out by a bit, but uh, Toronto beat the shit out of the Red Sox last year. No other team in the North really did that. Like, the Indians were 5-7 and seven versus the Red Sox last year. <laughs> Toronto just waxed them every time. I think they – I don't know if they went undefeated or dropped one game. But, uh, I mean, if you just play the Red Sox a little differently, the division might look – yeah, might could be flipped on its head. Minus 7 Pythagorean for the Twins. And if you look at the Expos, minus, plus 6, a 13-win flip. I don't know. If I'm sly, I'm feeling pretty good going into 2017. Yeah, I really like the Twins a lot. I really like their lineup. Um, Soto is going to be a really a stud. Um, he's still a little raw, but he might be the best shortstop in baseball in two years. Yeah, I think you're right in two years. I, I'm with you, though. I think he needs another year. I said on the last pod that he was called up early, but he, he got away with it for, with the crazy bad up. He's going to be a better player this season, but I still don't think he's ready to be a 300 hitter. Yeah, um, love Mendez. He's going to be a scroll guy, and that's a and that's a shame. Um, like Robert Meeks, um, like Mendoza a lot too. There's there's a lot to like, and then you know what? His pitching is really good as well. Yeah, I mean, if you just look at how many runs they scored, how many runs they gave up, what the defense looked like. There's not weaknesses. It was top three in runs scored, top four in runs against. Very, very solid across the board. The only weakness is they might not stay healthy, and particularly the pitching staff. And to be yep. more specific, the top end of the pitching staff is Leffler and Rosales. Can those guys stay on the field? So if they can, then fuck. Sky's the limit. This team might Rosales, be Rosales pitched 32 games last year. Started 32 games last year. I'm a little more concerned about Leffler. Do you guys see those OSA ratings on John Hall? John Hall is sexy as fuck. So OSA has 70, 60, 65 with all five pitches at 65 plus. Yep. Jerry has better ratings literally everywhere, if not the oh. same. The only downside to John Hall is the 45 stamina. It's the only thing that it's the only thing you can say bad about John Hall is that he's not going to be someone that is going to go seven or eight innings every night. Yeah, love, I would totally. I agree. love some John Hall. I he love came out of fucking nowhere. It's a beautiful thing. He was a third rounder in 2014. Got so a not massive OSA boost from 15 to 16. That's gain weird. velocity, gained 
30 stuff and goes from a 25-40 to a 50-80. And he added a pitch. Don't forget he that. Added that. He added a cutter. If you he add a pitch, a, you're going to be great. Just that simple. Not just, and it wasn't like a 40-40 pitch. He added a 60-70 cutter. Yeah. Gosh, I have nightmares about this guy. I was talking to Sly because Sly had so many pitchers. And I was trying to get either Tony Resendez or John Hall or Ryan McNamee. And I, John Hall was 55 OSA potential, nothing special, just kind of a back-end piece. We couldn't come to agreement, and like the next sim, boom, he's a superstar. So I missed my chance, but whatever. Ryan McNamee is officially uh, all the way in, a former California Angel spec. Uh, it looks right. like he's uh, entrenched in that rotation. It's a strong one through five here. Very strong. Rosales, uh, left the Rosales Hall, McNamee, or Sendez. That's a strong one through five. Then you get to the bullpen. Mike he's, got, McCauley, he's got depth, too. Antonio Fuentes, Chris Marks, Dusty Lichtenberger, um, former Philadelphia Philly who somehow set the market uh, for price on relievers. Yeah, the Lichtenberger <laughs> signing. I forgot about that one. I'm not uh, quite sold on McNamee, but like that's splitting hairs because there's three other starters who could pop in there and be fine. There's just Richardson. not much to dislike here at all, except for health. That's it. This is this is a quality baseball team. Very quality. I really like what Sly does. He's you know he's a quiet guy a little bit, but he he's built this team into a really solid team. Uh, Sly, tell your wife we say hi and that we're sorry uh, you're not with us. Um, anything more on Minnesota? No, we've said enough good things. All right. Let's head from Minnesota and let's go north of the border. The Montreal Expos. The north just has pitching out their ass. They sure oh, do. boy. Here we go, Jangles. I, show me a bad pitcher on the 40-man. Besides maybe Wilkison. Well, yeah, I'm going to say that make... Dave Dill sucks, but that's just my my right. opinion. This is the move Jangles made that I like the most. I don't know why you're sold Dave Dill so short. Did you see he was so last bad last year? Did you, not you, look at the, you not look at the Babip and just go, oh, okay, he got super fucking unlucky, and it's probably pretty good. No, he stopped getting outs in September. Look at his September and tell me that he's good. The BABIP was over 400, man. That's that's past the point of, like, maybe it's legit. That's just pure unluckiness. I like this deal. I think this helps Montreal, considering the bullpen was actually their biggest weakness last season. Now, I'm going to agree with you. If if Dave Dill gets his head out of his ass, he, he stole him. But All right, by the way, I fuck. can't put Dave Dill in my bullpen. I was done. Hey, I looked up his September. He pitched three innings in September. So, whatever. Look at his August. It had to be August thing because I sent him down. I mean, he sucked all year. Who are we kidding? But I think it was mainly bad luck. It's a lot of bad luck. Yeah. The big move. Let's talk about the big trade because Montreal, in typical Jangles fashion, went out and did a ridiculous. He swung for the fences. Yeah, like he always does. And uh, got rid of Nick Lidstrom and a couple picks and then added a ton of talent from the Toronto Blue Jays. Added Orlando Mazo, Bonehead Castillo, and Mike Gebhardt. Thoughts? I, I'm not as high on the trade as you are, but 
I'll, I'll let let's, you go. Let's ahead. not let's not forget he did give up David Cazares, who OSA has wet dreams about. Okay, so Mike Gebhardt is going to get eaten alive in Montreal. See, I think there's a chance Gebhardt is good here. Um, I, I, he can't. He cannot hit for average. He's not going to hit 200, and all his power is gone. He's already already have a decline. He's, he's not a gap hitter. He, he's yeah. not a he's not a gap guy. He's a he's a home run guy. It's 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 we're going to see what happened when Ernesto Jimenez went to San Francisco. That's exactly what we're going to see. Yeah, we and we might. Um, I just think that he's been productive. I know he got kind of memed about as a salary dump and as a horrible player, but he had been productive his whole career. And his BABIP had been super low the last two years. If he gets a little luckier and the BABIP goes to 300, maybe we see a two-war Mike Gebhardt, three-war Mike I think Gebhardt. based on the type of hitter that he's, he's a fly ball, the BABIP's going to be hard. Guy, the BABIP's not going to – and that's the thing. Like, he has not hit his body weight since 2014. Yeah, but even last year, 2015, he didn't hit his body weight and was worth three And he's war. still OPSed above 800 and was worth 2.7 war. I get that. Okay, the whole problem I have with it is that is he going to play third base? No. Is he going to play first base? Yes. So where do you put Castillo? He's got Castillo yeah. at second base. We all know what's going to happen when he plays the field. Anything yeah, he's but first, struggle. Yeah. He no. Well, Castillo is going to get hurt. Well, That's, I I think he also is just going to be a shitty second baseman. Well, I've got him down is, at 50, I've got him down to 50 yeah. range. I'm not excited about his prospect yeah, I at do second too. base. But Montreal and, had a horrible defense at second base. They played Bobby Miranda there last year. Like defensively, it's not going to be a big hurt for them. I mean, Miranda should be playing second base. I think. No. Well, no. Oh, over Castillo. Look, look at no. what he did last year. He was minus 9.7 at second oh, base last oh, year. He has 45 okay. range. But it's unpleasant. Does it save the health of Bonehead? I don't know if that even really matters, honestly. Second base versus first base, like, I don't know. I'm not buying it. I don't really care. I would probably, I don't know what I would do, actually. You know, you could even play the I, third. You could do them, You could do something. Who knows? Yeah, I'm just saying, because you you got to save him from getting hurt. And you know, where are you going to play? He could he could get hurt swinging the bat. That's the thing is that right. he's gonna get hurt regardless. But if you play him at second base, the percentages are gonna go up. Yeah, I don't know by what degree. Um, I actually I'm glad you brought it up because I'm looking at it now and I'm not sure how the pieces fit defensively. It is a That's, little awkward. And yeah. it's different because when Jangles went to the SES all those years ago, he did it predicated on elite defense. I mean, think about who he had on that 20, uh, 2011 team, I believe it was. Was it 2011 or 2010 that they made the run? 2010. Um, it was 2010. I mean, you look at the infield of that team. It was Matt Angel, Nate Perdue, and Joe Oldroyd, elite defenders on the infield. And they had Jesse McMichael in center field. They did. So yeah, a, you go from that, it, it, it's, it's, Jangles has pretty much changed the way he's built his team. And this from team day doesn't to day. make sense. I know I, we're talking about this trade. And it, God, I, it was one of these trades that I hated for both teams. I didn't like it for Toronto because I guess I'll get to that later. Um, but I didn't really care for it for Montreal because you're right. The pieces don't really fit perfectly. 
Um, he does add talent, which of course is good. But is it enough talent to really make the Expos get over the hump? I mean, I it was a playoff team, team last year was with it a their playoff luck. Team? Yeah, there you go, with luck. I think he's putting a lot of stock into being a lucky team every year. Like, uh, their run differential wouldn't get them in the playoffs. Now the division's getting better. I don't know. I think this is a huge investment. I, I think see. that's the big point there, is that the rest of the teams are better. You know, outside of the Red Sox, most of the other teams are com- going to be competitive. And winning more, 90 games is hard. Yeah. I mean, you could beat up, like, you, you could joke about the Reds and the Washingtons and you know, all those crap teams in the Atlantic and, and all the good teams will b- beat up on them. You can't say that about the North. All the teams are kind of the same. So I don't know if this fits into a playoff team. Yeah, so they added all this talent. But last year, they weren't very good. Like, uh, I don't want to say that. They won 90 games, but blah, blah, blah. Their run differential wasn't good. It didn't feel real. It felt like artificial, an artificial great team. And they lost Dave Burns. And Dave Burns' loss can't be understated because he was probably the second best player in baseball last year. He was a real MVP candidate. He's gone. And I don't know, even if Castillo plays great, he is not going to sniff the production you're losing from Burns. Same with Orlando Mesa. Seven war. They lost seven, seven and a half war just from Burns. I don't think these three guys combined to get you seven war. Hey, um, guys... Have you seen uh, Moreo lately? Did the changeup come in? No, Moreo? Yeah. It's always been in. Has it always been there? It has. He's just been the 35 stamina that's kind of his, his red flag. Because I thought he was only – I, th- I thought the changeup wasn't there. I, it's always been there to me. Maybe has your it? scout's laid on it. Okay. Because he looked like a two-pitch guy to my scout. So – What's interesting is I even had him learn a pitch this last sim. I have him with four pitches now. He used to have three. Yeah, I've got four. That's are what you, I thought. Are you sure you're not thinking about Mel Herrera? No. Mel Marrero. He added a cutter. It's not a very good cutter, so I don't know no. if it matters. Exactly. So it's a 45-45 cutter, which is, again, like what we saw. The what If you add a pitch like that, that's fine. But you see someone like John Hall who has a 70-80 cutter. Makes a big difference. Yeah, Marrero's actually, issue is just the stamina. He had the changeup last year, which is why he still saw 15 starts. I think his rotation is pretty good. I see, again, I see five quality guys here between yep. Bautista, Eddie, Lee, Marrero, and then the offseason signing of, of Johnny Downey. I'm a little yeah. lower on some of the guys than you. Um, like, I'm not convinced Ryan Eddie's going to be great. But it reminds me of the Pittsburgh rotation a lot, in which they're going to pitch really good at home, but on the road, this team might get shelled. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of Downey or Minsu. I think those guys are just, they're built to pit, pitch at Olympic, and that's it. And just for the same reason, Montreal was amazing at home last year. They were not good on the road. They were barely above 500 on the road. And it's just, adding Downey is just more of the same. So between the expected decrease of wins just from pure luck from last year and the addition of talent despite the loss of dave burns is this a team that's going to win 85 games or replicate what they did last year with 90 i think they're pretty close to last year um in terms of talent i mean i'm counting in the dave burns loss because that's yeah 
monstrous. So even with Downey and Castillo, that probably equals about what you got for Burns. So yeah, I think you're probably an 85 win team. Yeah, which might be I, good enough to make the playoffs, but I don't think so. Not in this division. Like yeah, I'm not sold a good on the team. bullpen yet. I'm not sold on Dave Dill, but it's, we'll, it's hard. I mean, we'll see what happens. It's hard. They're a good I, team. I I really like Board, but it, it Matt was, Board, like he it. gave up and he gave up a boatload for Board. Bad splits on that guy too. But anyway. I just didn't like it because it's a big investment into a team that you're overrating as is. All right. I think he, the, he had an 80-win team that he thinks is a 90-win team, and that 10-win difference is going to be his demise. Does that remind you of uh, the Nationals from a few years ago? Abs- totally. That's a great comparison. I didn't even think about that. But, yeah, the Nationals were probably an 82-win team that won 93 and then spent all their money, regressed, and it cost them their whole franchise. All right, let's head to the Big Apple and start in the Bronx with the New York Yankees. Uh, they were out of it by September, so they sold off. Uh, still ended up at 500. Uh, Pythagorean record of 74 and 82, so that might have been a bit of an upsell. Hitting pieces are still there between the 70-75 Rich Francis. We touched on him earlier with the John Carter trade. Tiro Flores... Uh, had 2.8 war last year, 30 home runs. Following up the 48 home run season, he had Andres Flores played all 156 games, had an on-base percentage of 410, led the East in walks. And probably the most disappointing of everyone was Sergio Ortiz, who I said at the beginning of last season should have been a player of the year candidate, and he just was not all that good last year. Huge disappointment from him and I think a lot of his key guys. Uh, Francis and Ortiz are the two big ones, but... Man, your two best players disappointed horribly. Francis couldn't even OPS 740. And he looks like what I thought was a – I thought he was going to have an all-star campaign. But I'm doubling down. I think this is the year he breaks out. And if he does that, the Yankees look a lot different, especially if Ortiz – if Ortiz OPS is 1,000 like we're expecting, that's a huge difference in New York. I'm buying all the New York Yankees stock I can. So I – Maybe selling you that stock because the more I'm looking at this team, the more I'm not sold that it's just top heavy with not a lot of depth. At the, in the rotation, there's Stancil, who was not good in his cup of coffee last year, but again, he's young. Neil Fotistos had a ERA plus below 100, so it was below average, but he's still a legit starter. Um, don't love the stars behind him. Alex Fernandez was shit on ice last year again. Oh, maybe not shit on ice. He wasn't as bad as he was in 15, but went between the rotation and the bullpen and ERA close to five, uh, despite the the more than two war. John Campbell in the bullpen is good, but he's a righty side armor. He cannot get lefties out. Mark Penny is a very interesting signing. I love that signing for the Yankees. He's their true uh, anchor at the back of the bullpen. But hitting, it's Francis Flores Ortiz maybe Arturo Flores, but I don't love many of the hitters. Jake, I'm buying that stock. I'll buy the stock on the Yankees. All right. I, I think this is one of the best young teams in, in Sky. Just looking at from what my scout says, and you, you left out one name, and that's Revis. If Revis is ready, this team looks a whole lot different. 
And yes, yeah, they've, and, they've all, and they've still got Mazza on the injured list. They've got Brent Logan on the injured list. They've got Jimmy Clifton on the injured list. Yeah, he, um, yeah, I, yeah, I, did, I did leave them out. So maybe that rotation's a little deeper than I first yeah. suspected. But And Casey, yeah. ha- Casey Henry might be a closer. I don't no. know what the fuck Casey Henry is. I Casey, love Henry, Casey, Henry. Casey Henry is not a major league pitcher. Look at his game logs in the minors, and they are so fun to watch. Casey like, Henry is a trivia question. That's all. Dude, he is he is my favorite. I love him. I love his game logs. Jeez. Well, he was fuck. He was one of the most dominant. Dude, he, he strikes out seen. eighteen guys a game. It is hilarious. But you did. I think you you left out the guys in the DL. I think that's probably his two. Probably his number two and number three starter and Logan and Massa. I like both those guys. I, I like probably Maza. They're probably three and his four. Neo Fotistos and Stancil should be his one, too. I think Stancil might need some more time. That's kind of my biggest holdup with the, the Yankees in general. No, I, 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 th- I think I think I understood this team a bit. I, I'm still selling some stock, not as much as I was with Colorado last year. Yeah, and even a lot of the I outfits. sold all my Colorado stock last year. <laughs> Look at the rest of the lineup, though. I know, like, it's not overly incredible, but uh, there's not that many spots where you look and you say, fuck, this this guy does not belong there. It's a lot of young guys who are new who might take that leap. And if a couple of them take the leap, then I think the Yankees can be a lot better. All right. I am going to go out on a limb here, limb here, and I'm going to say something that is going to be very divisive. Love it. Juan Rivas is not going to be an all-star. Oh, is that divisive at all? I don't think. Where is Revis? Is Revis hurt? He's on the yeah. IL right now. Okay. And one of the one of the interesting things about this is, I believe, if you read his personality, can someone read off to me what they have as his personality? It's the same as you have, and it's the oh best. boy, the best. The I, main I, blame is his for not reaching his full potential. Yeah, he does not have good traits, and I will say this: from where my scout used to have him to where he is now is a big drop, but he looks like a productive Sky player. Yeah, I think he's okay. Uh, He'll be an okay Sky player. He is, for the third overall pick, I'm going to say he's going to disappoint, but, like, if Steve, if he called me up after this pod and said, hey, do you want him? I'm going to take him. I think you should, because Steve is dying to get rid of him. I've been trying to get him. Oh, well, good. I hope you guys come to agreement. Um, <laughs> I don't think Revis is ever. I'm with Jake. I don't think he's ever going to make it. And I still like the Yankees. It's weird. He's got really bad splits. There's a lot not to like about Revis. It's a shame because looking back on that draft, I thought he was no doubt the number one pick. I oh, was absolutely. shocked when John, yes. when John Jones went number one. I couldn't believe it. And it's a little sad to see, you know, see him not totally amount to what we thought. And I still like the Yankees. The Yankees are just pretty solid across the board. I think I'm higher on the pitching staff than most. And uh, I really like Francis. I think Francis... Oh, man. I think the sky's the limit here. I'm so sad Trent traded him. I have him at 75 overall. He looks like the best third baseman in baseball. Maybe the third best third baseman I've ever seen in Sky. Uh, I'm very optimistic. I'm excited for these Yanks. I like their pitching staff. I like their starters. I don't think they're great. I think they're very good. Um, their bullpen looks okay. Um, but again, 
the next the young guys gotta step up. You're talking Revis, Stan Stansell, Francis. Yeah, fuck. I just think like what they win last year. They won seventy nine games. They were above five hundred. Imagine if Francis has an OPS two hundred points higher and Ortiz has an OPS two hundred points higher. How many wins is that worth? Because that's totally in the cards that those guys just go back to being really good or become really good, whatever. Like, that's just such a big difference in performance, and that could be 10 wins, and those 10 wins get you in the playoffs. So I like the Yankees. I like them more than most. And, uh, man, the North's good. The North's very deep. But that's all, all right. I have to say. So we mentioned that 2013 draft, and I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on my Tinsta Tinsta Tinstap. Uh, there's no such thing as a pitching prospect soapbox for just a second here. It's it's a bit of a uh, tangent, but I think it's worth noting. So you mentioned John Jones went first overall in that draft. He is an OSA 6080. The other pitchers that went in the first round of that draft, Adam Kuda is now a 4040. Joe Powell is a 45-45 reliever. Shane Duncan is a 35-40 reliever. Justin Marks is a 30. Justin Marks a 30-30 starting pitcher. TJ Cooley is a 45-60 reliever. Alfredo Zamora retired. Eric Muse a 25-50 starter. Matt Ramirez a 25-40 starter. Niaz Firaduzi a 40-40 reliever. Josh Huggins a 20-25 starter. That's not good. The it's really miss bad. rate. Especially the when you miss look at, rate. My God. Think about just the top 10. How, like, everyone who picked a pitcher, just, the top 10 is stacked with hitters. Mendoza is a good player, probably picked too high. Rivas looks like a bust, but still going to be productive. Then you have Sean Toby. You have Jim Wiffles, who looks like a future star. And then Bryce Herman and Matt Holly round up the top 10. Those are all awesome players, and all the pitchers are shifts. Not to mention Art Graber, who went at 14th, who's in OSA 4080. Yeah, it's – and even Austin Haggerty's a first-rounder there. There's a ton of talent here. I think I'm glad you mentioned that because that, this draft is a, a fun one to look back on. All right. Uh, so that uh, – we just talked about the Yankees. Let's stay in Big Apple. Let's head to Flushing, Queens and talk about the Mets. No more Ernesto Pons. Rest in That's, peace. Rest in peace, Ernesto Pons. He should be uh, getting ready for his induction into Cooperstown next year. If he suffers the fate of Juan Ramos, I may have coronary. <laughs> and all uh, the North GMs are clapping their hands. Goodbye, Ernesto Pons. They signed Jaime Jimenez to a $4.2 million deal this offseason. He suffered a CEI. Uh, they still have Jaden Smith and Joe Basinger in that bullpen. Brought back Chris Elrod. Looks like the only true starter they have is Chris Gehring, who they acquired from the Cubs. They made a big move there uh, with the Cubs. Acquired Gehring and Jose Torres for Edgar Escobar, Kyle Retzlaff, and Brian Marcinkowski. OSA loves all of those specs. This move is crazy to me, and uh, I want to therefore award my friend Brandon the 2017 Jangles Offseason Award <laughs> for the guy with the least amount of patience. Congratulations. I think you fucked up. Why would you do this? At the trade deadline, you're selling all your pieces. You, you sell Johnny Downey. You sell Carl Bedway. And you get good returns for both of them. You have an awesome farm coming up. You have Torres. 
You have Perdomo. You have Escobar. That's an awesome core to build around. And like immediately, you go ahead and you trade two or three of your best prospects for a guy who's in his late 20s, gets hurt a lot. I could not believe this trade, and it, I found it very disappointing. Am I in, alone thinking that this is super dumb? I was confused as well. I I thought the Mets were in a rebuild. They were going to wait for all these fucking studs just to, you know, in Torres and Perdomo. And he, he's got a loaded farm. And yeah, then that he trio makes, is so good. Yeah. And fucking then, Angelo Torres. Fuck that guy. Dude, he looked – and I've talked to um, him about him. I said he looks better than Ernesto Pons to my scout. If you can see what my scout sees – it, dude, your dick would get hard in a second. Dude, you want to share? All, what, do you, what do you have? What do you got? What do you get? It's all, it's, let's put it this way. It's all blue. Everything is fucking blue. Just tell me. Give me the uh, numbers, boy. Hold on. Let me, hold on. Let me pull them up. Because I don't, I mean, I love them too, but uh, I don't have uh, them as. My scout is. Instant armature. Let's see. I got them. 80, 50, 60, and I have five pitches. Four pitches at 70 and above, and a fifth pitch at 55. Yeah, he's, he could be really special. I like that. Torres and Escobar would have been an awesome dynamic duo. Edgar Perdomo Escobar was a part of the Nate Clark trade. Here we go with Angel Talk. Jesus, Jake. Are you bad at trading? <sighs> I this might, is like a lot of I moves might be. In my defense, Edgar Escobar, I believe, was a 45 potential spec when I traded him, and then he goes to the Mets and just starts developing. So wow. who knows? I didn't know in that. This is not a good pod for you, and we haven't even got to your team yet. <laughs> oh, shit. It's going to get so much worse. Oh, it You're gets right. worse. It gets way worse. Man. Yeah, I just hey, didn't get hey, it. I in didn't in get defense it. of that trade, we got a ring out of that trade. That's true. Yeah, this offseason has been weird for uh, the Mets. They made some moves, and, you know, it could they contend? Maybe? You know, I don't I'm know. Selling. I'm selling. I mean, I, think... I like John Hall, but. Yeah, but he's know. on the Twins, so it makes it tough. No, no John, the, John Hall. The, the third base. Season. Yeah. Oh, oh, gosh, sorry. Whatever. Same name. Coles is on this team now. They signed Arturo Ramirez. Yeah, he got the pocketbook out and just went bananas. I don't get it. I mean, here's the thing. Brandon has a good hit rate in free agency. He does. He does. He does. But it's weird. We've talked about this before. Is Brandon a good GM? Because he really has just been on autopilot for 15 fucking years. He joined the league in 2001, had $60 million to play with. Spent every last dime in free agency, and it hit. And then he was able to coast for years and years and years off this pitching. And, like, now that he finally has the chance to do something and be active as a GM, he does the same shit and just spends all his fucking money. I don't think that's going to work out well for him. I don't think this is a playoff team. I don't think Coast, Ramirez, Hall, and Gehring, they're nice players, but they don't make a, a playoff team, certainly not in the North. I was looking forward to seeing what Brandon was like if he had to rebuild and play like the game like the rest of us. I don't know, man. It makes me a little nervous. Do, do you want to know why I believe in Brandon and the free agent signings? Yes. 
I, I have two names for you, and I think these two names pretty much sum up what happens when he signs guys. Rodolfo Gomez, Billy Buckley. Eric Donnelly. Third I mean, name for you. You're like, right. I mean, they all have fanned f- out. It's, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, I mean, Juan Guerrero, we don't talk about him any, as much anymore. He's still a capable hitter. He's still OPSing over 800, over 880. He's he's still it, very good, yeah. But I don't, I don't think a they're a playoff team. team. You're right. I, I'm I'm with Rich on this. I don't think they're a playoff team. But I also think they're very lefty heavy. I think they're going to really struggle against lefty pitching. Coase, Yakum, Guerrero, Miles, all guys who struggle against lefty pitching. But and they've also got they've got it. they've got Cam and Perdomo who can hit lefties. And John Hall. Yeah, and John Hall. I don't know um, if that's enough. I think Alec O'Kane can hit lefties. Alec Hecht can hit lefties when he's healthy. If he's healthy. And he's already out for seven to eight weeks of the torn groin. <laughs> it's, it's just a weird team that doesn't add up. Um, like I said, congrats on your Jangles Award. Hope you don't win it again. Being impatient is a bad thing, and I've never seen a team really turn around this quickly and go from rebuild to win now. doesn't make sense to me. Just be patient. All right. That's all I have to say on the Mets. Yep. Anything from you, Jason? I'm good. Okay. Then let's head on to the reigning East champions, the last team we talk about here in the Eastern region, the Toronto Blue Jays. They still have, just like all these teams in the North, pitching out their ass between Arford, Sissel, Crowder, Key, Reese, and York. In the bullpen, Ralph Turner, Daryl Julian, Clark Palmer, Daniel Enriquez. But then you get to the hitters, and they're just not as strong as they were for a big reason. They still have Ernie Granados. They still have Alex Del Fiero, whose name got called a lot this past postseason. Yeah, they still have John Howell, the young Jorge Flores. Corey Vargo is apparently a good hitter. And they have the young Roberto Alvarez. And they signed Burns. Which, and uh, they an signed Dave Burns. Which changes which, that whole trade. Because which, that was the deal. They lost $30 million in salary. What do they do with the money? They signed Dave Burns. Does that make one Dave year Burns better deal. than Castillo and Meza and all that stuff? I don't know. It's a weird move, and it was a move that I hated to see from Amin. Um I've kind of made fun of Amin and picked on him for this same shit in the past. You're in the position to win. You have a championship caliber team. Don't sell. Don't sell. Spend your resources. Try and fucking win. Win now and don't win eventually. Because if you want to just keep making the playoffs every year, it's probably pretty easy to do. You just keep selling your good pieces and repeat the process forever. But you don't make a championship team that year. They were really close. I mean, they made the finals. Granted, they got their ass handed to them. But they made the finals last year. That's that's a time you should step on the gas, not be a pussy and hit the brakes. I hated it. I absolutely hated this move for them. I disagree. Because Gebhardt blows, right? Like, like, he was awful. And he's got a prospect that he's replacing him with. And he moved, he moved the contracts for... His younger specs. So I don't hate the move, but yeah, he gave, gave up the best guy in Castillo, but he has prospects to replace them. 
and they're not better than last year. With that pitching staff, I don't think it matters. What, of course it matters. Are they better than they were last year? Is they Castillo, that- yeah, but if, if Castillo was playing first, right, you, you've got Flores, who is a pretty good-looking spec. Okay, he's ready to play. So where are you going to play him? So you, you have to make a move. you got to move somebody. And he, he moved two contracts that he was able to acquire more players with now. So I see what Amin was doing, and I've talked to Amin a shit ton about this. So I know what he was doing. I don't think it was a bad move. I just think it's you're not seeing all the other moves that came with it. No, I get that Flores and Alvarez are prospects coming up, and they need a place in the in the lineup. I get it. But when you when you're in the championship last year, you should try and win the championship and not say. Maybe we'll be there again, like in two years when Jorge Flores is good. Right. No, he, I, he's not going to step up saying. and be good. It's it's a different move if they had if they had just traded Gebhardt. If they had just traded Gebhardt, then you can bench Corey Vargo, or you totally, can bench yeah. John Howell, or even trade John Howell, who's coming off a four and a half war season. Yeah, and uh, you give up Mesa, you keep Dunn, you keep Del Fierro, which are nice pieces, but those are the guys who are really really injury prone. It's weird. I just don't see a way in which Toronto's worse. Granted, I thought they were better than they were going to be last year. I know they you don't see a way in which Toronto is better. You don't. You don't see a way in which Toronto's better than last year. On paper, they're just worse than they were last year. Yeah. Well, uh, see, I'm his pitching staff. This pitching staff was kind of bad last year. If you look at all their ERAs, they're all really higher than where you would expect them to be. They were number one in the whole league in runs against last year. Right, but if if you look at the individual pitchers, look at um, Arford. His ERA was up, wasn't it? And Sissel's ERA was up. What another run? I, I mean, Arford had a three eight ERA. I'll take that. John Sissel had a four two ERA, which again had an ERA plus one twelve. Sean York was really the only starter that was shit last year, and he had a five five ERA. Yeah. I mean, they were the best. They allowed the least amount of runs in the whole league. The problem with the Blue Jays last year was they couldn't hit, and now they made their offense worse. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I, I see what you're saying, but I think you got to look behind the moves too to see why he did it. So okay, so let's let's phrase it this way: Would you rather have Dave Burns, Roberto Alvarez, and Jorge Flores, or Gebhardt, Meza, and Castillo? Because that's what it comes down to. It does and it doesn't because there's also an option to just not make that move and, like you said, move Gebhardt. You can go about it differently. But if I'm trying to win next season. Castillo is who I want on my team. Right. Uh, it's well, take a while I don't know if he, I don't know if he fits on this team. I don't know if he fits on this team, though. Like, if you move Geb, Gebhardt, where does Castillo play? I mean, you can move another piece. Uh, if we think Castillo is a first baseman, I'd rather have Castillo than John Howell. That's the guy. Uh, John Howell, he looks like a gold glove at first base, by the way. Okay. He's just not bonehead Castillo with the bat. Right. Well, he's a very good hitter. He is. He is. But it just. Right. No, I. He's not. You should always try and win. You should try and win. You should try and make your team better. I mean, I like this team better. Corey Vargo has been on the trade block. If you trade Vargo, Howell and Gebhardt. So you swap out Vargo and Howell for Castillo. Then it fits. You play Castillo at first, Alvarez at second, Flores at third. There's your infield. You think Flores is ready? 
Oh yeah. My scout. Oh boy, you should. My scout is very much in love with him. Yep. Your scout he, likes everybody, Jason. He does love. He, he's, he's like a little slut, like Trent. Actually. <laughs> yeah, we have him a sixty overall right now. I mean, I have fifty-five. I think he can be. I think he's going to be a great player. Uh, a little worried about the splits. I don't see him hitting right-handed hitters very well. But you gave up the best hitter on the whole team, and you added a kid who's not ready. Potentially. Yeah, I don't know. I would have liked to see them do a some. It just didn't make sense, man. I don't know. I understand that they felt like they had too many players and wanted to make a trade. It was just a weird way to go about it to me. Like, there's other no, pieces yeah. that you could have sold. And I'd have to put more thought into it and see who I'd want to move. Certainly, I'd want to move Gephardt, but it was a bit... He didn't have to... He wasn't that big of a salary dump. I think you could have found a team to take Gephardt for almost nothing. And yeah, you get rid of Corey Vargo... And you get rid of Gebhardt, and then you plug in the two guys, and there you are. Well, you also have to look, is there a market for Vargo? I don't think there's much of a market for – I think he's the epitome of overachieving. Yeah, then you wave him. Fuck it. <laughs> we paid him like $6 million. I don't know if I'd wave him, but – Fuck it. Yeah, wave get rid of, let him. Let him ride the bench. I don't know. He's been on the block for like a month, and he hasn't got any bites. So you are right. No one wants him. Jake, Sorry, do you think another team would have taken Gebhardt? Uh, I, I can think him. of another team that would. I can think of a team that would have taken Gebhardt. I, I can too. I, I I've been offered up. him about a dozen times, and I've said no every time. I I can I can definitely think of uh, of a team that was interested in Mike Gebhardt, even had an offer in. But who knows? Yeah, if anything, right. I would have liked to see him get some get a better player on the offense, not downgrade to the prospects and wait for them to get better. Because, yeah, like in 2020, the Blue Jays might be better with this score. But, but God, you were, it, you were so fucking a, close. Yeah. They're, they're a team that made the SES. You're not worried about 2020 at that point. You're worried about 2018, 2017. Yeah, live in the moment, I, baby. I, I still think they're a contender. Oh, easily. But they didn't get better, which is the issue. Yeah, and they were really underwhelming last year. I think that doesn't get talked about. They won 92 games. Their run differential wasn't crazy. Uh, you know, we all pegged them to be a 100-win team. And remember, they beat the shit out of the Boston Red Sox. If they didn't beat the crap out of Boston, then they might not even make the playoffs if they play Boston a little worse than the other teams. They were a disappointment in the regular season last year, given all the talent. And they got worse. So I'm not a fan. All right. Let's wrap up the uh, the North. Dierich, you start us off here. Oof. All right, I'm going to start you off hot, all right? Going Minnesota, finishes first in this division. I, th- I think we're going to get some good health, and we're going to see the 94-win twin team we wanted to see. Cleveland does its thing, wins 90 games, never quite skid over the edge, but I like them in second. Part of me wants to pick Toronto to miss the playoffs, but I just can't. They're too good. So I have Toronto in third, but again, I think it's going to be like it was last year, a, a clusterfuck at the top. I have the Toronto, or excuse me, I have the New York Yankees in fourth, buying the Yankees. I have the Expos in fifth, Mets six, Detroit seven, and then Boston eight. Jason? Well, well, me and him are pretty close, like really close on ours. I have the, um, in first I have Indians, then I have the Blue Jays, then I have the Twins, 
And I'm buying the Yankees in fourth. I have the Expos, Mets, Detroit, and Boston. So I'm with Tarlo a bit here. I'm going Cleveland one. I I think that Cleveland and Atlanta are going to be in a race for the best record in Sky. Cleveland, then Minnesota, then Toronto, then Montreal. I they're they're going to be a good team. It's they're going to be in it till the very end. Uh, following them, you guys can can take that Yankee stock that I sold you guys. Then the Mets, then the Tigers, and then the Red Sox. Well, that does it for the North as we cross the two-hour 40 mark. This is a long one tonight, boys. Uh, let's beautiful, head in. Beautiful. It, it is very, very beautiful. Jason, uh, dear, are you guys ready to head to the West? I am. I think Deerich stepped out. Uh, it's fine. We can, we can, we can move on. Uh, we're gonna start with. The Cubbies, they traded Gehring. They they traded him for a for a decent chunk of change. We we touched on it a bit when we talked to the Mets, but they got some solid pieces. Edgar Escobar looks like a, a future one, according to OSA. Maybe not a one at this point. Uh, OSA soured a bit on him. They had him as high as 75. He is he's gone down to to 60, but still a solid uh, potential piece that's had success in the minors. Uh, they got a young guy, Marsinkowski, uh, Mar- 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 I believe his name was, yes, uh, who OSA the third loves. Third baseman. Yes. Yes. And Kyle Retzlaff, another solid um, reliever for Chris Gehring. But the issue is that this team just isn't that good. I think um, you're forgetting the bigger trade. And what trade am I missing there? Which I very uh, well could Shaver. be missing. Shaver. Jacob Shaver. Ain't that the truth? Jacob Shaver. Where is he now? He is in Oakland. He is in Oakland. I honestly forgot about that move. That is correct. Jacob Shaver went to Oakland for Jesse Hyde, Greg Terrace, and Hector Gallardo. That's, oh, man. Yeah. Love that trade. You are not going to forget once the regular season starts and he's in your Yeah, don't nightmares. remind me. Yeah, yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> that entire Oakland team. Matt Holly, too. So the Cubs are in first. Is that what we're on? Yes. Yes. Man. If I've ever called something right in my life, it's this fucking Cubs team. Because I said that, what are you doing? Sell all your shit. And then he re-signed Schwab and he re-signed Sean King. And it caused the whole team to fucking implode. And they've been probably the worst run team in the last couple years. Uh, They took a, a contender and turned it into dirt with nothing to show for it. And Schwab is untradeable. Yeah, he might be. I don't He's, know. Like, he eats half of that. You might get a couple specs. And this but. team is not going to get any better if they keep playing Luis, Luis Mojique in the field. God, yeah, he was horrible, man. Comically bad. Minus 20, something like that? Minus 21.2. At least he's consistent. He was, he was that bad the year before. Minus 23.2. <laughs> and mind you, he did it last year in fewer games in the field. Yeah. You know what? Actually, I hope he does return. That'll be fun just to see how bad it goes. Could he be like minus 40 next year? Maybe. There was a second baseman in Detroit. What no, was that was Miles Hill. No, 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 no. This was like before you joined. This was like early 2000s. What was his name? Josh Koffel. Josh I don't Koffel. even know that. Well, because I found him. In 2002, he was minus 27.2 in 115 games. That is so sexy. 
That's nothing, man. You see what Souders did in 40 games? That it, I mean, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is bad. I don't know. All right, Cubs? Cubs, do we have anything to say? Uh, Luis Mejica can hit. Lee Frederick is an enigma. Is he? I think he's good, right? Oh, look at his stats. Oh, yeah. I see that. I see you mean negative. A negative enigma. Reverse enigma. Yes. Okay. Now, is this the worst team in Sky? Boston no. is bad because this team at least has talent. Mike Vacciano is better than anyone yeah, in Boston's rotation. Marsh. Um, they have Mitch Marsh. Marsh. They have hitters. Uh, Shelby Lightfoot looks like a legit player. And John Schwab, while he's not, well, he's untradeable, he's not awful. And when you say untradeable, he truly is untradeable at this point as he now has 10-5 rights. Oh, fuck. I didn't oh, think about that. That's awful. Well, maybe he'll want to get out considering and, and he's really, going to be in last place. He, look, he looks like a shell of what he used to be anyway. So, um, yeah, he, he looks like a DH to me. He can't play the field anymore. But That's too bad. What a, what a great player, great career. I was thinking about him as a son of a bitch. Hall of Famer. Looks like he's not going to get there. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Who do you think? Here's a question for you. I was thinking about this the other day. Just don't look up stats or anything. Just say who is the better player for their careers, John Schwab or Mike Gomez? Schwab. Schwab was Mr. Consistent. He had yeah. didn't he have like four straight years of six war exactly? Yeah, something like that. So you, you guys both take Schwab over Gomez? And well, he performed in um against the, in the postseason. Yeah. So. He has those two post-series series MVPs, 2010 and 2011. He was the Sky Cup MVP. Yeah, I don't think Gomez ever hit over 200 in the postseason. Let's take a look at Mike Gomez postseason stats. Oh, don't do that. Oh, here we go. This is music to my I thought it was a fun comparison. They're both kind so, of like outfielders on the back half of the career, and they were traded for each other. Dearest, can you please guess Mike Gomez postseason career stat line? <laughs> 204, 268, 515. No, what am I saying? 414. So the average and OVP were really fucking close. 211 batting average, 272 OVP, but the the slugging percentage was 367. Oh, man. All right. Yeah, fuck this guy. This makes me sad thinking about it. Um, ugly, 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 ugly. But Gomez, so Gomez and Schwab both have similar war, but Gomez has a few more awards. He has the two gold gloves, the six all-star appearances, and the four silver sluggers. Schwab does not have nearly as many accolades. Um, but he, but he does have the ring. He's, He's more got ten consistent. more war. Ten more. It's a lot. Does he really? Yeah. Shit. I know. I was surprised too. Gomez does have ten more war. Damn. But Schwab has the ring and 2.4 postseason war. Which is more than the negative six Gamas. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's there's not a lot here. It's honestly this year seeing what Lightfoot has, seeing if King can get any sort of trade value, which I'm guessing he can't. Uh, seeing if Luis Mejia can get trade value, which he can if he's not playing in the damn field. And seeing what Vacciano is. I'm going to say Marsh, too. I'm going to say Marsh, too. Because Marsh looks like a hitter. I like Marsh, but uh, you're waiting for Escobar, and you're waiting for Sean King's contract to get over. 
And you're waiting I mean, for Trump. I mean, there's just I'm, nothing to do until these contracts. They're, they're waiting. They're waiting for 2020. The, that is the worst offseason, maybe ever. That offseason where they just spent all of their money to where they couldn't even re-sign Shaver if they wanted to on these two guys. Ugh. But at, at least he got a haul. At least he got a haul for for his for his studs. Um, yeah, he he did sell good for Garing. I don't know yeah. if I love the Shaver return, but it was decent. Hope there's hope anyway. <laughs> 